Hey, this is Marv Wolfman, co-creator of the Teen Titans, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Feels different in here. Is the window open? I don't know. Got a breeze. Oh, police is here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a typhoon. You could see Dorothy chasing <laughs> the fucking house when. He <laughs> Why are you recording from a hangar, dude? <laughs> Seriously, Air Force One. I love. Him. He's all famous. It's like she's dad from Middle West. Yeah. Oh, famous lightning cigars with hundred dollar bills. Good for him. Seriously. We could say we knew him when. Yep. Yeah. What's next though? That's the big question. Gotta be yeah, that's the you can't you gonna pull you gotta gotta follow it up, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. All eyes. He's he's got he's like that director that has the the out of nowhere, you know, low budget, high profit hit. Yep. And starts getting offers to make the studio films and you gotta you gotta you gotta nail that one too. Oh, he's James Gunn now. What, so do you, this, what do you do? Are we, are we about to get his Guardians here? Are we going to get a Suicide Squad? We're we going to get. I don't know. We'll see. It's an unenviable position, isn't it, to come off oh, a super hit like? It is enviable, but creatively, you're just like, oh man, this looks great. But do I go with this? What if? What if I get a better idea? Like, should I? Who do I get to do this? Do I draw it myself? Do I get Scotty? I'm just saying. You know what I mean? It, it, there's so many variables now where that was just like, yeah, let's try it. If it works, it works. And it worked. So now what do you do? I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, give you the, you know, the vapors there, Tony, but you're in a, you're in a pickle. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he has absolutely no anxiety without your, without your, <laughs> your proclamations. <laughs> I'm sure he's sitting there just with a laundry list of things he can't wait to show the world and capitalize on a success. I was looking through old sketchbooks. I have a stack of them. And I came upon Tony's from way, way, way back. And it says, uh, to Vince B., you're out of your damn mind. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, And you're out of your damn mind for listening to this. Yes, everybody, it's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 750. Damn. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am Muad'Dib. Aw, somebody's reading Dune. We're just ready for the movie. When's that come up? Now I think they said October. Oh, boy. Is it going to come with a uh, a free crib sheet that everybody gets when they go in like the Lynch movie did? There was <laughs> Dude, actually... I remember seeing that in a the theater. Me too. And my dad... It's weird how you remember certain things. Like I remember seeing it in the theater, and and I, I went to the movies with my dad all the time when I was a kid. But my stepmom never came to the movies, but she came to see this one for some reason. I don't know why. And I remember us leaving the theater, and I thought it was great as mm-hmm. a kid, even though certainly it was confusing. They were just baffled. <laughs> they were like, "What did we just watch?" Yeah, I think it's a great movie. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was unjustly attacked. It's Lynch. Come on. You, do you know, Well, maybe at that point they didn't know what they were going to get, but they should have known. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a wonderful movie. But no, you're not the Muad'Dib. You're Jason Wood, everybody. I'm going to stick Jason's hand in this box here, okay? Because fear is the mind killer. But you don't have to be afraid because there's only one place to go for your favorite comic books and collectibles. Where's that? 
discount comic book service. That's right. DCBService.com. One more time. DCBService.com where you get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your door for a very fraction of what everybody else is paying. Our first uh, title is from a dude named Jeff Lemire. He's writing and drawing this. And it's coming out of Dark Horse. It's called Maze Book. Mm. Yeah, it's a five-issue miniseries, uh, oversized issue, because the cover price is five ninety-nine. But uh, you're not going to pay that. You're going to pay half that. And maybe you'll want to get it because uh, from what it says here, this is a, about a man who's grieving the loss of his puzzle-loving daughter. And he gets a phone call one night uh, from said daughter. And she claims she's trapped in the middle of a labyrinth uh, and so on and so forth. Two ninety nine brings it right home to your door. You're going to want to get this. Lemire's hot. Uh, from Behemoth, we got a book here called Nobody's Child. It's a six-issue miniseries written by Massimo Rossi and art by Ramiro Borayo. And it's a... Uh, Story about an albino rhinoceros that apparently possesses the genetic code that holds the properties to regenerate man. This thing can cure all diseases. It's, it's the mutant of this, this world. Um, and because of it, it's very desirable and people want it. And there's a young man protecting it. I was intrigued. That's why it's on this list. The uh, cover price is three ninety nine. Slash, slash, that's DCPS cutting the price by 45%. You're going to get it for $2.19. Last but certainly not least, from Dynamite, Jimmy Walker endorses the Vampiverse. Number one, another shared universe book by uh, in the, the tradition of Sonyaversal. This time focusing on, of course, Vampirella. It is written by Tom Snagoski and Janine Akison. And the art is by Daniel Main. Cover, amazing cover by Adam Hughes. Three ninety nine cover price. Boys pants. One ninety nine takes it home for you. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books tiptoed right to the front door of your home, and/or trailer. We don't judge. DCBService.com. Go there. Or B square. Yeah. Is true. Mm-hmm. So, how's your uh, twenty-three hour day fasting going? Good. Doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. I uh, I'm very efficient at putting things out of my mind when I want to. Look at you. Yep. If are you, you f- allowed to? Are you allowed to drink anything tonight? In as part of that, or is that? Yeah, you could drink water and coffee and tea, but you can't put anything in the coffee and tea. It has to be straight. So, so which did you opt for for tonight? Water. Cherry limeade. Does wouldn't that be something in it? No, zero calories. Zero. Oh, calories. you just mean no calories. They're gonna yeah, have flavor yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's flavor in it. You gotta have flavor. Mm. You're full of flavor. Uh-huh. I'm a push-up pot. Uh-huh. Flavor ice. Flavor you savor. I, I too am drinking water. Yeah. Well, I originally had Maker's Mark. I actually went to go get it. Mm. But it'll, uh, keep, it'll keep for a week. It will keep for a week. Yeah, well, it'll age nicely. It'll keep for like a year or more. Longer than that, yeah, but yeah. You're how about right. you? How about you, Dad? 
Uh, there is water in my drink and a big ass frozen cube, but uh, it is uh, mostly bourbon. What type of? Uh, the, the the Clyde Maze I've been uh, um, I've been working on. Good old Clyde Drexler. Nice. Seriously, I just I really it, it it's really good. It's a little dangerous. So Vince alluded to he was going to have Maker's Mark tonight because it was going to be a special occasion. We uh, we were going to have a, a a guest for y'all, and uh, that uh, that had to be postponed. But but rest assured, have no fear. Uh, it's just been pushed back a week. So barring some other unforeseen circumstances, said guest will be here next week, and Vince will have his Maker's Mark. Yeah, not with a board cube in it though. And I'm actually happy that it got postponed because I, I told you guys that I wasn't going to be able to imbibe tonight, uh, even though we were going to have the guest. And now that uh, it's been pushed back a week, I will be able to. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy. happy about that. that. Yeah, that that was one thing. I mean, there's that is one of the two reasons why I was I was happy it was uh, rescheduled to next week. So, yeah. All right. Nice. Right on. So tonight we're going to free-for-all it. A.K.A. business as usual. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but before we do go into the free-for-all, I did want to uh, just quickly send some love and pay respects to uh, Robson Roca and his family. Uh, Robson Roca passed away this past week uh, due to complications from COVID-19 sure many of you listening already know this, but uh, if you didn't, Robson is an extremely talented Brazilian artist. He's uh, been working regularly, really, for the big two, DC mainly, for a, a bunch of years now. He was on Aquaman recently. Um, he's also been a mainstay at the major cons, which is how we got to know him. Um, definitely had very nice conversations with him. At New York Comic Con a few times, and he did Beautiful Domino for me, and he's just a very gregarious guy, well-liked by his peers, and uh, very young. I, I don't know exactly how old he was. I didn't see that in any of the obits or, or articles, but uh, but certainly having met him, I mean, I'd say he was in his mid-30s would be my guess. I believe I read 38 somewhere. Yeah, okay, so that's about right. So, I mean, needless to say, any, any, any age is, is not a... I mean, age isn't all that important, but it does speak to how... You know, he was just getting life started. So, yeah, much, much love and shout out to to uh, to him and, and all the best to his uh, his family. Um, so, yeah, that's it's tough, man. Still, still a thing. Even though we'd like to for, we'd act, a lot of us are <laughs> like to act like it's not a thing anymore, but yeah. still a thing. So. Yeah. And, and also, I, I you know, it's I understand in the U.S. because we're so reactionary now. Like I saw some people being like, oh, you should have gotten vaccinated. You have to keep in mind, folks, like. Admittedly, I don't. I don't know the full story. Like, I, I Robson was an acquaintance, not a friend, so I don't. I didn't know him personally. But, but Brazil is one of the places where getting a vaccine has been horrifically difficult. Um, so, you know, I can't say for sure that he didn't have the opportunity and 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 issue it. But, but I I wouldn't jump to conclusions, right? This isn't a case of like somebody in New York City getting it tomorrow today, right? And then having like that, like you could, you could pretty safely assume that person is actively foregoing the vaccine, but, but I don't think that's what happened here, at least from my understanding. So. Very sad. He'll be missed. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I should, it's, didn't start on a down note per se, but I don't want to forget either. Cause definitely it's, 
it's, it's always a shame when, when we lose lose anybody, but but a talent that young too. It's just ugh, brutal. Well, th- this is not so much a down note, but a uh, a lament, I guess, uh, for the passing of Chris Pitzer's Ad House books. Yeah, I mean that's exactly, and 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 we because we kind of last minute had to reshift our plans. We did hit up our beloved patrons for uh, ideas of talking points, what have you, and a few did mention they'd love to hear our thoughts on Ad House, and we were going to speak on it anyway. Obviously, um, yeah. I mean, you want to? You brought it up. Do you want to? You want to speak on it, or did you want to? You know? Just uh, I have nothing but um, great memories of not only the uh, imprint or the publishing house, Ad House, but the man behind it too, which is yeah. Chris Pitzer. Um, one of those kindred souls. Uh, many times when uh, Dap and I would be hunting through the boxes at a convention, either Chris would cross paths with us looking for pretty much the same things, or inevitably we'd wander back to the Ad House booth and he would show us what he got. And I'm like, where the hell did you find that? Because if I found that before you found that, you wouldn't be holding that right now. And uh, he's uh, a big fan of uh, the fandom side of of comics, yeah, zines, uh, zines that, yeah. and and DIY, obviously DIY productions and stuff like that. And so w- w- there were many talking points whenever we would uh, get together that uh, you know talk about Rockets Blast and the Comic Collector and all the the many different uh, zines that he either consumed or were se- was selling at his booth because Chris always had a box of uh, zines that maybe were his uh, surplus from his collection. Like if yeah, he if sure. he upgraded, he would take the uh, the upgrade the, the the copy that he upgraded from and and sell it, which is smart. And, uh, yeah, no, there was just a lot of uh, connection between mm-hmm. us and, and Critz, N- not only uh, as a person but uh, as a curator, too, because the books he chose to publish were amazing. I mean, going, it goes back to the beginning of uh, EOC with um, uh, Jim Rugg and all of the, the stuff that uh, – uh, American Barbarian, like this, the, he had a, an amazing eye, and he still does have an amazing eye. It's just that he decided that the uh, the Eminent book, which was the one hundredth publication from Ad House, would be the last uh, for all intents and purposes. May he said, "There's a slim chance that maybe it won't, but for the most part, it probably will be." Uh, he just wants yeah. to uh, enter another phase in his uh comic life and i kind of don't blame him yeah he he said he has a day job and uh ad house isn't necessarily paying all the bills so um it makes sense he wants to live his life he's got uh things on the bucket list things he wants to check off so i'm i uh it's bittersweet i'm happy for him that he's able to do that and i want him to do it while he's still able to do it but it also means that uh, I'll be missing that ad house section that we were just talking about the other day. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, last week, I told him I, I did speak to him this week. I told him that uh, his ears were burning because we we were, we were just talking about Staros and and him being you know two of the 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 un, underappreciated tastemakers of of the last twenty years. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm I'm stoked to uh, 
to get the 100th publication. But it's going to look great right next to Arsenal uh, um, of the Red King because that 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 was a fantastic piece of work too, and and um, it was in a pride of place at the old place, and and um, I was happy that uh, I'm I'm really happy that that Chris. Gave us what he gave us. It it was. Um, I, I I was. I, I don't just don't. I don't. I don't just appreciate the works that he publishes, but he is genuinely an all around good dude. And it's just. And as Vince was saying, you know, it's great just just chatting with him at a con, going up to heroes and and uh, shooting the breeze. It it's. Um, he's yeah. He, he's a good dude. Loves love the books he publishes and. Um, uh, I, I, I raise a glass to, to the future for him, and well, um, we had him on not too long ago. We had him on with Matthew Allison, and and yep. uh, episode six seventy six. Nice, and I, I uh, now that uh, he doesn't have the worry of publishing, he can uh, just take a load off. Maybe join us for one night and just uh, shoot the breeze about whatever. Yeah. We'll definitely see him at Heroes, if not before, probably because I don't think he's going to do New York. But uh, he will be at the Heroes 30th anniversary show, as will we. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, you guys said said a lot of it. I mean, I I, I put a little thing in our Slack and on the Facebook group about it, and said that you know, um, I mean, Aphrodisiac is is one of my, if not my favorite comic, really, uh, certainly since we've been doing the show, and I just still remember that 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 first that first con meeting jim you know through chris and jim saying that we really helped sell his book and that's just like that was the first time for me that i thought oh man our show isn't just about our knuckleheaded asses talking to each other about comics like we we can have an impact at least on smaller press stuff that's pretty neat you know that's really really special um and yeah, for me, in, in a weird way, I, I I just I think of Ad House as, as synonymous with 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 us. Like I, I mean, I don't I don't mean that in a I don't want that to sound I don't want to come out the wrong way. But if you guys know what I mean, like it's just like we I feel like we've 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 universally loved so much of the stuff, and and Chris as a person, and so many of the creators that he's tight with that I just feel like certainly I would bet that we've talked about Ad House books on our show more with more regularity than any other comics podcast. I'm, I have to believe that's true. Yeah. We were in lockstep for a long time. Yeah. Um, possible fourth chair. That would not be a bad thing. Uh, Chris, <laughs> if, if you want to do Damn, co- Tony, Tony's like, Tony's somewhere like what? Damn Vince. How quickly we forget. Well, Tony doesn't need us now. Doesn't he? What happens oh. after he puts out his follow up and it flops? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Follow up to Stray Dogs. He said when, not if. That's <laughs> rough. Yeah, that's rough, rough. Um, but no, Chris, if you ever want to just uh, shoot the breeze for an extended period of time, weeks, months, just hit us up. We'll be glad to have you. From the from the team who brought you Stray Dogs, we bring you Found Cats. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's great. In a world. That would be the yeah, trailer. In a, wor- in a world of Stray Dogs. But um, now, uh, you were saying about uh us being uh attached to ad house i agree with you i think there was a lot of uh there he was on a streak uh for most of 
the the publishing of of Ad House, and we just seem to pick up on it. But mm. um, the the point I'm making here is that I'm trying to make hamfistedly is that uh, I feel that Chris, because of his strong uh, curatorial eye and his discerning taste, uh, he was fighting an uphill battle from the get go. I mean, you can't be that discerning uh, of a curator and attract a wide audience. It just, just doesn't fit the formula, right? The the wide audience is for the Marvels and the DCs that attract the everyman, right? Ad House books were not for the everyman. Uh, they were for a very particular subset of the comics community. And unfortunately, that subset seems to be being eradicated from the previews catalog such as it is um those those real niche publishers uh, i don't want to call fantagraphics a niche anymore because they become something else but like you get these publishers that pride themselves no brown right where are they uh um drawn and quarterly they just seem to be publishing or reprinting the older stuff they do print new stuff but the the ones that have a very uh discerning eye towards the art and the complete package it's a hard battle and and i don't mm-hmm. fault chris yeah. at all for for realizing that you know i i made a valiant effort uh i i i knocked it out of the park a bunch of times and i think you know my my uh my average is great and i'm just gonna call it a day go out on top right and and you know more power to him. He he did uh, a very very admirable job as Helm of that house, and uh, we got nothing but love for him. So we wish him well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll wait for his notification on the acceptance of the fourth chair position, <laughs> and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and he did say in his blog to folks who haven't read it that uh, he in, uh, that that his his plan is to. Uh, he's going to take some time off the rest of this year, other than put out Grass of Parnassus, the, the Eminem book, which we're all eagerly anticipating. Yeah, but crazy, uh, and and then he's going to uh, basically do a liquidation of his because he still has considerable inventory. Um, about I'd say about two, th- well, maybe about half. It looks like between six, 50, 60 percent of the titles he's put out over the years are still in print, or he has inventory, um, and then he has inventory of some of the out of print stuff too. Uh, so he's going to do a liquidation in some form or fashion next year. Um, when I chatted with him briefly this week, I you know offered that we, we would be happy to help in whatever he's got he's up to next, and he said he'll definitely take us up on that when it comes to the liquidation. So maybe we'll work out a little situation where we will acquire some of it and put it in some care packages, maybe. So it's like a win-win. We'll see. But um, but yeah, that and uh, and then he's going to be just acting kind of like a, as a small dealer. Like you said, Vince, he's always done that. He's always had really awesome stuff from his own collection or things that he's picked up that are unique and he's had them for sale at, his, at the Ed House booth. And so he's going to, I think, at least for his own happiness, do that with his own collection and maybe pick up some other stuff and just be kind of a little quasi-dealer too, which I'm all for because he's, he's got great taste. He surely does. Yep. Okay. Comics proper. Real proper like. Yeah. Anything floating your boat? Yeah, well, um, I'm going to give credit where credit is due, but there was a question I thought which is perfect for this kind of off-the-cuff episode. Uh, one second here. 
Um, oh, it's from Ian McCurtis. Shout out to Ian. What up? Uh, Ian said he'd love to hear what ongoing books uh, we're reading on a monthly or getting, you know, on a monthly basis. Um, some of the ongoings that we just don't don't speak on very often or haven't spoke on in a while. And I get that because we, we certainly do order and read lots of books that we don't end up getting around to talking about on the show. So I thought that was an interesting conversation. At least I, I mean, at least I, I know I can answer it because I buy a lot of things that I don't talk about on the show. I don't I, I guess I presumed I may, I may have presumed it was the case for you guys, too, but maybe I shouldn't have. You can presume all you want there. I think uh, Dap and I read a good amount of books that we don't bring to that's the show every there. month. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of the ongoings, especially the big two, I feel like we we read and every now and then we get around to talking about it, but it's not like we. It would be just be impossible time wise to come in and say, "Oh, and this this month," you know. But because uh, we're not that kind of show, but but I think definitely, um, certainly fits with us, though, right? I mean, we certainly have. So hold on, let me. I'll, I'm going to pull up a list myself. That's, ex- wanna... that's exactly what I did. Yeah, because we're old and uh it's hard to remember i can tell you one right off the bat um i read dr stone each and every month or whenever it comes out i think it's on volume 15 now 16 i don't even know uh richiro inagaki and art by boichi i love this book but Mm -hmm. bringing it to the show here's the problem it's basically the same things every time it comes out it's you know science is great let's learn some stuff in this post-apocalyptic world where you know people were turned to stone and and little tribes of people are struggling to to bring science uh back to the uh the forefront um mostly senku but uh i think it's a it's a wonderful book it's impeccably drawn but to to talk about it every uh, at least once a month would be a grind. It's it, it, there's a sameness to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah but no, I love that's it. Good. No, that's a, that's. I mean, a couple for. I mean, I did mention that I started reading Nightwing because of uh, some of the crew recommending it. It's definitely been good. I'm reading that. I'm reading the. I'm reading Harley Quinn still. The, the I guess the the new Harley Quinn. Um, I've been. I mean, I read a lot of Marvel books that I guess we don't talk about all that often. Certainly, continue to read all the all the X books. Uh, I've been reading Spider Woman, uh, which is really good. I've mentioned in passing how much I've enjoyed Eternals, but haven't really done a deep dive on it since the first issue. But that continues to be great. Um, still reading uh, Captain Marvel. Still reading Thor. Very much enjoying Donny Cates on Thor. Um, you have a crazy list. I was looking at your your uh, final DCBS list for whatever uh-huh. month it was. It's ridiculous how many singles you have on there. And you're just like, oh yeah, I stopped reading singles a while back. Really? <laughs> I know. Because I think you have enough to wallpaper, you know, all the rooms in yeah. your house every month. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't argue with you there. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> but hey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that's it's fa- that's valid. Um, certainly, I, I mean, and I say this in our if for those of you that watch the previous videos, I know there aren't many of you that actually do, but for those of you that do, you, you loyal 
I feel like it's the same, what, 30, 40 people each month that, that, that watch them and no one else cares. But, um, but nevertheless, I, uh, I, I read a lot of, uh, of, of the current stuff that image is doing. Um, like I would say well more than half, like I, like, but we just never talk about it on the show. Like I'm reading FIFA's Copra, Copra in singles. I'm reading, yeah. uh, Moonshine, Oblivion Song. Um, well, Copra is not at image anymore. It is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Copra? Yeah. He self-publishes that now. I no, don't. He, I know. No, he many. puts out single issues now. July fourteenth, July fourteenth, twenty twenty-one. Copra forty comes out from Image. Seriously, I thought yeah. he pulled out of Image after the like. I don't. I thought the book didn't do as well as expected, and he went back to self-publishing it. And then, yeah, and then he started um, started back with Image on issue number twenty-nine. Okay, I got a disconnect here somewhere because. All right, yeah, I maybe. I know. I, I thought he was going to do the uh, the Hellboy model, where it was going to be sets of miniseries to continue the story. Hmm. Yeah, he's I doing. He uh, the, I don't know how to say it because I've, I've, I've only read the word, but like the Okaizan saga. Yeah, I'm, I'm the yes. same here. I looked at that word and I'm like, "There's no way I'm talking about yeah, this on the show because I can't even see it." Yeah, exactly. I don't know what that word means, but. Um, Trying to think what else image wise that uh, that I read on the regular. Um, I, would, I mean, it just came back, but I would add that Texas Blood to that list. Okay, yeah, I dropped that one, but yeah, I was very pleased to see Frontiersman on your list. Oh yeah, it looks great. It yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Yeah, a bit of root certainly. I mean, we 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 haven't right. talked about that in a while, but I I certainly read every issue of that in singles. Um. I'm just looking. I don't have. I don't have the uh, previews. If I if I did, I could just look at the solicits and tell you. But uh, well, let's see. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I like to talk about, but I don't do it often, is Headlopper because I read it in trade. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it comes out quarterly now, uh, and I it would be nice if I read the singles to talk about it quarterly. But uh, I prefer to read it in trade. So there's a big gap in between. Sure. Talking about Headlopper, but it's one of those books that I think should be talked about whenever it comes out. So um, maybe I'll double dip on that because I actually miss going on about Headlopper as it comes mm-hmm. out. Yep, that's a good one. Um, just uh, let's see here. Uh, a lot of them we do talk about. We do talk about Image a lot, so I'm just I'm looking for things we don't talk about. Oh, I'm still reading Remender Scumbag. Um, yeah, I fell I off that. Yeah, we were pretty excited for it at first, and then, let's be honest, Andrew Robinson drew an issue, and it kind of killed the momentum, but it's not really Rick's fault. I mean, right? nobody knew that Andrew was a shit stain until after the book was already in the <laughs> shit stain. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's a uh, nice way of putting it. You shit stain. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Well, I think um, while you're looking that up, uh, the poster child for this topic for me is as expected gold digger i never talk about it oh yeah and i read it uh i devour it but i i can't bring it to the table it's it's ridiculous and i feel fred perry's frustration in the fact that it's so deep in continuity Mm -hmm. i could never bring an issue here and say oh well you know and detail some of the plot points because you'd be like what in the hell are you talking about it's such mm. as that I mean it's it's I think it's one of the m- most uh what would you call a book like that not even a sleeper because a sleeper has to be a hit 
it's 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 uh, an in the know book. If you know, then you know. If you don't right. know, and that's most of the people who buy comics, then it's it's one of those strange uh, and beautiful books that I think everybody's heard about, but very very mm-hmm. few people have read. Uh, and he, you know, it. He tried around issue what two hundred to make a reader friendly on ramp to the book mm-hmm. by giving away his entire back catalog digitally. Yeah, and it just did because. For you to catch up, you'd have to have read, uh, you know, a couple hundred issues. It's just, it's rough. It's, it's rough yep. for Fred yep. Perry. But, um, yeah, that's that's my go-to when everybody says, what's the best book you're not talking about? Uh, Gold Digger. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I jumped over it because I – but in my mind, I, but Deadly Class, I mean, obviously I read every issue of that. I, um, but it's probably been a while since I've talked about it on the show. Um, Philadelphia has been great. I've been really enjoying Philadelphia. I think we talked about the first arc, but but not since. And, and number seventeen is in this month's solicit, so that's that's amassed a pretty big chunk of story since we last spoke on it. Um, and I think if Dap and I talked about one of the books we loved as it come out, uh, you'd all be calling this the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. It's true. true. Yeah. yeah. True. yeah. Um, there's nothing but love for that book. Well, we do talk about that. I mean, Dap just brought it up. Uh, we do, but we go we go like a month, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, we talk-, talk about 118, and I just got 119 this week, yesterday. So, yeah. you know, it's phenomenal. Well, then book. certainly, if we're going that route, then certainly, Vince, you have to include Savage Dragon. You bring it up every now and then. But yeah, I try it. to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just started reading, so I did, but but Stillwater by Dap's favorite writer and, oh, and, Ramon, yeah. and Ramon Perez. Um, it looks great, though. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Time before time, I mean, I you know we had Declan on the show, so I guess that's a given. But we also read the first three issues. That's true too. Yeah, yeah we got to jump. Got to jump on that. We did get to jump on that. Um, yeah, so I guess that's. I mean, that's a good chunk, right? Of stuff that we're. That, Vin, you, that, you didn't. You didn't chime in much. I mean, you read a bunch of de- you know books that we, you don't like. I know you read a lot of DC that you don't talk about. Yeah, I mean, I um, I I, I I've got the um, the new. Harley Quinn after uh, the post future state stuff. There's this um, uh, Buffy's on my pull list. Miles Morales is on my pull list. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, you know, I, I don't think I ever wrapped up um, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen from last year. And I, that, that, that's not worth mentioning now, but um, no, most of, I guess of the three of us, um, I it's it's safe to say I buy the least amount. So usually, if I am if I am going to read something, I'll I generally talk about it on the show. Whether it's nothing, even if it's just to touch on it and focus on something that I found positive, even if um, there's nothing really. There's not a lot of meat there to kind of dig into but um yeah. well like i saw that you um it's funny because i this is kind of um i saw when you posted the uh, new comic book day list you had iron man on your list yes and, that's, and I mean, i'm like oh i didn't even know that was liking that i think i don't need, you may not have you may have missed an episode oh is that the um, episode okay yeah it was there there was because i um shout out to to john wimmer because he uh he sends me the codes when he okay. he gets the issue so um mm-hmm. 
and 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 I don't know why there was such a delay between nine and ten uh, mm-hmm. because it's not like number nine was the end of an arc. It was mm-hmm. it was continuing, and so I was just like it felt weird. I guess something happened, so now it's finally out. Um, and when uh, I guess when John gets his next box, I'll probably get the code for that if if, if he gets it. But um, but yeah, and and I was really I, I thought what Cantwell was doing at the start of that of that series because. Because Tony's kind of, um, he, he, uh, he's not, he, he, he left California, he's living in New York, and he's kind of, um, trying to dial it down a bunch of notches, and, uh, and, and so it's, it's a neat, he's kind of turning things, um, on his head, and, and the love interest in, um, in the current run is uh is hellcat okay yeah the, yeah hellcat so i mean he's oh because he was with mj for a while too right yeah and the and in, in the uh was it the slot book who yeah, wasn't was my, my, dude's I know, got, I my dude just like tapping all of them all them oh yeah no he and uh he he, he and murdoch are like the biggest male sluts in the marvel universe right, jesus um well what but, about uh, dr strange and and electra like that's a crazy pairing what about rose before hose though Damn. oh is that is that from uh, savage avengers man? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, that reading that I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It's news to me. It's interesting, but okay. Uh, uh, Daredevil right now. I wonder if that's if Zdarsky's acknowledging all that. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's acknowledging anything that happens in Savage Avengers. It's true. Yeah, that's yeah, not a knock. It's just it's such a it, knock. It's, it's like the Defenders. It's like you know you're just going to throw a bunch of people together and it yeah, happen. yeah, the misfits. I think that's why I like it so much is because yeah, if there's a strong Defenders field. So you liked it because they brought Conan and made him part. Oh of it. shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, there's, but yeah, I I'm, I'm looking forward to to finally reading number ten of Iron Man. It, it it's been enjoyable, but yeah, because it's and because there was such such a gap time wise. Um, yeah. It's been minutes since I would have talked about it, but yeah, that, 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 that's a good catch. And there's been a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of Marvel books that I continue to read that just haven't been worth talking about. And I know the same is for you guys with like Spider-Man. Like, I still read. I mean, I still buy, and then I like will binge Avengers, Fantastic Four. As you guys know, I I did read a huge chunk of Spencer to catch up, and amazing. And um, but there just hasn't been anything like worth talking about. Like, I'm not going to kvetch come and kvetch every month or two about how it's like not what I want it to be. Right. Right. So just, there's nothing worse than a good issue. Right, not not yeah. a radio, not a mediocre issue, not a great issue, just a, an average, uh, accessible, yeah, you know, seventy five, eighty percent issue. How do you drum up some enthusiasm for that? You say, oh yeah, this issue is, uh, it's yeah, it's good. Like the thing I was, what else do you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing I was most conflicted in probably the last two years on uh, uh, that fits into this question is. Tana Essie Coates' work. I mean, I, I, you guys know, I, I, I talked about him as an author before he did comics. I mean, he's yeah, he was your boo. Yeah, I mean, I think he's an, I think he's an incredibly important. Not only is he a great writer, but he's an incredibly important uh, figure in in the very fabric of, of of American social commentary in in you know in this generation. But, but I mean, f- full disclosure, especially as they're wrapping up, I, I just I was totally nonplussed by both his Captain America and his Black Panther runs. I just, I, I, no, and I'm not going to shit on them. Like, I don't think they were poor, but they just didn't excite me. Uh, And so that bummed me out because I would love to have come on here and been like, yo, you know, Coates is crushing it. Y'all got to get on this, but it just, it just would have been disingenuous. So I I 
just kept quiet about them. I read a lot of the uh, Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda just mm-hmm. because of Acuna. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, if Acuna was on the issue, I would read it. I didn't even have to know uh, what came before or after. I would just, for his presence alone, I would read it. And I, I, the book was beautiful, but um, as to piecing together the chunks of the storyline, uh, it was rough because Acuna wasn't on the whole run. Sure. So, but, and again, when I'm trying to suss out things to talk about here, if I go to the, the mainstays, again, it's going to be the IDW dynamite mm-hmm. uh, chapter of the, like, I read almost all the Transformers books, all the Turtles books. Um, uh, again, I, I can't, I don't like to repeat myself. I know maybe I do. Yeah, but, no, I mean, that's the other thing, right? I think what we, we unin- well, I don't know if it's unintentional, but, it makes sense logically. A lot of times, we'll talk about a first issue of right. something because we we all tr- we we all try a lot of first issues just to see, and and we'll we'll kind of collab. Which is always we always prefer to collab if we can on things. Then I think a lot of times we will continue to read, especially even if they're a limited series. But we just don't get back around to to wrapping things up necessarily each and every time. Um, or or we we talk about the first issue or first few issues like it. But like you said, you just don't want to be repetitive. Like I was thinking about the more we, the more we talk about this thing about it, like I mean, I'm I love something is killing the children. It's up to issue number twenty, and they just announced a spinoff. But I mean, I've barely spoken about that book on the episodes. I, I, right. I you know, and it's not it's not it's not and that's not like a thing where I'm not speaking about it because I'm nonplussed. I, I'm I think it's fantastic. I just I guess I've just been waiting for a an opportunity where I felt like okay, you know, we've got a big chunk and it's worth worth. Digging on, you know, um, yeah, and and certainly, I, I I think there's that's probably not a new thing. I mean, I mean, when when Saga was like the book of the moment for yeah. a couple of years, and 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 it was get, we were it was winning all Oscars. We didn't talk about many of the issues uh, as they came out, right? Certainly, Vince, you and I talked about how for a while you you specifically avoided it, but then we finally did talk about fables. But right. for the first what six or seven years of the show, we read that. The day it came out, day and date for yeah. you know, not, without fail. Walking Dead, same thing. I mean, for a good chunk of time, we all read. Well, that caught up on Walking Dead, but you and I read Walking Dead as it was coming out, and uh, it just, yeah, it's just, I think it just gets a little monotonous. You don't want to, you don't want to bring the same things uh, right. too often because it just sounds like you know, like you're you're. You're droning on, so yeah. But but it's a good question. I'm glad he asked the question because it, yeah. it 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 did kind of spark like, oh, you know what? You know, he's right. We, we certainly, if you if you watch our previous videos or you're part of the Slack, you know that we often say how much we read this other stuff, but we don't we don't necessarily talk about it. But it's 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 good for the broader audience to to every now and then to remember to say, hey, we're not going deep on these things, but these are good books. So definitely, if we you're should have a, a lightning round once in a while. But uh, now that I think about it, the uh, creative team. To which we've been the most faithful, where we'll start their books. Yeah, Brew Baker and Phillips. Yep, yep. Brew Baker and Phillips. We never let a Brew Baker and Phillips book go. It's true. It's 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 even less possible to do so now because they're putting out the one volume editions. So uh, you know, it's not a. It, they are periodicals, but it's not a yeah. monthly and or bi monthly thing. It's a one. I mean, one, we have our favorites. I would say. Oh that, yeah. Uh, How could you? I mean, not? I certainly. There's not a Lemire book that I don't talk about. <laughs> now again, I don't go deep. Like I didn't, I didn't, I never. I don't think I ever gave my final thoughts on Descender. 
Right. Um, you know, like I, I, I don't. I'm pretty sure. No, I know for. I've never. Gideon Falls is finished. I, I never went back and spoke on that after uh, the first arc or two. So, so I don't. Uh, it definitely fits into the question. I mean, those books are done now, so that's why I didn't throw them out there initially. But, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, it. Um, yeah, it probably is a good. Re- we we say we're going to do things lots of times and then kind of forget, but but it, it probably isn't a bad idea occasionally to do a lightning round, particularly when like series are wrapping up and just be like, hey, you know, we've been talking about this a long time, but it's wrapped up and it's definitely serious worth your attention or something. Yeah, yeah like a spring cleaning. Yeah, yeah, or like Remender's Low wrapped up. I didn't talk about that. You know, I mean, I did a huge, I did a huge uh, uh, post mortem on East of West because it just blew my mind. But but yeah, I guess it happens a lot. I don't think I ever talked about the end of Black Science. So, I, geez, I guess this happens a lot. Fuck. It does. We fall off a lot of books. I know. Now I'm like, oh, man, this is a problem. Like, a lot of these books were great. I never, I never. I also, I, I try to be conscious of things because I know, uh, and I still, I, I still slip into it, but um, I try not to regurgitate or, or just be monotonous with the, I mean, I, I can talk about, you know, Every every issue of Bendis and Superman came out, I got to talk about. It. So I mean, there are times where it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. You're you're reading the book, right? Yeah, I mean, look, and 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 it, it, things were organic. There was a there are periods of time when we we when when you both and and even when Eastman was on the show, there was periods when Spider Man was in every every issue discussion. You know, um, like you said that Bendis. Superman floated your boat, so we heard about it a lot. Um, that happens, but but again, it's I think that's those are cyclical too. It's just every now and then something really, really gets gets our our, our toes curling. And right. when you're excited about something, you want to, you want to share it. I mean, we went the you know sometimes we'll do that with events, right? We we went pretty hard on the uh, House of X, Powers of Ten. You know, definitely we we talked about that a lot. Pretty much mm-hmm. every issue, we we did that with uh, uh, what the hell. Um, before Watchmen, no, not before Watchmen. <laughs> That's Freudian. Not before Watchmen. Uh, Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock. <laughs> before Watchmen. A Doomsday Clock. Yeah, we did that with Doomsday Clock, right? I mean, so we we we. It 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 also depends if a book is like of the moment, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but 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 I, I, this conversation is making me think that I'm going to try and at least be better about saying like, hey, this series wrapped up and it was great, or I don't know. Good we should do here. at least once a month. We should touch base on some of the, some of these books. Yeah, I think it'd be a good yeah. thing, if only to I, to to limit our discussions. Like, bam, you got ten minutes. Tell us what you love, and then we'll move on to something else. Just to keep it keep it fresh and, and moving. For sure, yeah. That's yeah. Um, I don't have an answer for this question, but maybe you guys do. Um, from Chris. Revikant, by the way, Chris, uh, congrats on, on the healing process. You got your staples out today, I believe. Sweet. Um, he says, based on, uh, I guess he's talking to me, based on my saying that I recently revisited the uh, OG runs of Marvel's runs of G.I. Joe and Transformers, he asked us, what books have we not read in a long time but are really on our mind to revisit? And he mentioned that he had been he's been really itching to reread Peter David's Captain Marvel run and what? Transformers Gener- Generation Two. Yeah, the um, Captain Marvel's great. Mm-hmm. I I mean I didn't have much of an answer because as he noted I did go back and read uh, 
I think a little more than a hundred issues of GI Joe. And I think the first 60 issues of transformers during the pandemic to scratch that nostalgic itch. Um, but I don't, but I, I, I don't like that was kind of a one-off for me that I I can't think of another comic that I'm clamoring to reread. Um, I mean, as we've talked about many times, I'm not generally prone to rereading comics, but even like, I mean, I reread 100 Bullets two or three years ago. I, I just, there's nothing I can think of right now where I'm thinking, oh, I really want to go back and reread that. Um, especially because I feel like I scratch that edge sometimes with our books of the month. Yeah. We end up going and revisiting things that, uh, in fact, we're doing at this month with, with our book of the month that'll be a revisit. So I feel like I do it that way. And, and um, yeah, I just, I mean, there's so, so many things sitting here that I haven't ever read that I just, I rarely feel compelled to go back and, and reread unless it's just a spur of the moment, like one off issue that I'm just like, Oh, I remember that issue. Let me go see if I can read that. But I have two that I try Mm -hmm. and reread every so often. And I tell myself, this is it. You're going to reread it. And I never get around to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have plans to reread ROM and the Micronauts. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't, I don't honestly remember how much of ROM I, I even read. Oh my man, it's so good. No, and, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I, I own the majority of it. I mean, in a long box. But I, and I that's can't a, say I can't say I remember it all that. Like I remember the big, the big concepts, but I don't, I don't have the recall of that book like I do Micronauts or Shogun Warriors or right, right. Well, the, and uh, one of the, uh, the factors in limiting my reread of these books uh, is that I can't go to the shelf and just pull it off. I have to actually pull the back issues from the various boxes and one would think after all this time all the roms would be lined up in in one shot and the same for the micronauts but such is not the case so if i want to reread these i have to go hunting for them mm-hmm. and and you know that that squ- squelches any kind of uh possibility i have to actually do reread them because it's a pain in the butt i should just do it and get them in one box and uh That'll be my yearly go-to. I'll reread them every year because I think those two books are, are well worth it. Um, not only the original Micronauts, but the New Adventures too was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Kelly Those Jones. Kelly yeah. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, that was good shit. How about you, Dad? Uh, um, because it's short, I always try to um, reread. Batman Grendel, I, I I try to read it reread it once a year. It doesn't always happen, but I would love to. I mean, it, it's silly because we have so much stuff, new stuff to read. But I I would love to sit down um, with uh, Zot or the New Teen Titans and just go back down memory lane. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Zot? Hmm? No, Zot's a good one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there is one that I have an answer to uh, from Patrick. Run or runs that you own in singles and would never part with. Maybe you might even own a collected version, and still those singles aren't going anywhere. Wow, it's a long list. Is it? Yeah, it's a very long eh. list for me. Like what? I would never get rid of my amazing run. Never ever sure. in, in, a, in a second would I. Yeah. Um that that'll be relegated to my kids when I die. They can make some some good money on those, 
but uh, I wouldn't get rid of my Fantastic Fours. Yeah. Um, uh, Alan Moore's uh, the the saga of the Swamp Thing. That's not going anywhere. Doom Patrol. Nope. You're not taking them. Uh, there's a a long long list. Coyote. We talked about with Steve Englehart. <laughs> I would never get rid of those. Uh, Scout. Um, Airboy. Shit. There's a reason why I hold on to these singles. And um, it, it basically, uh, prob- I would guess, uh, out of all of the singles I have, at least 75% of them I would never, ever relinquish for this mm. reason, because I love them. I loved them enough to, to buy the entire runs. They they mean something to me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the 30-odd issue Harley Quinn that was kicked off by... Uh, Carl Kessel and the Dotsons. I, I, I have that run. I'm not getting rid of it. The uh, the Green Arrow that was started with uh, Smith and Hester and Parks and finished with Winnick. Um, I finally filled it because I was buying it when it was coming out. I missed a couple of issues towards the end, uh, and I finally filled those holes. I think at the, the last Heroes we went to. Um, there's uh, The Losers by Jock and Diggle, and... Just because I mind when it was coming out, it's not like that series means so much to me compared to Fantastic Four um, or various Green Lantern runs. But um, yeah, it's just I was buying it, and 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 it's it's a series that I have the whole run up. So I'm not I'm not I'm not getting rid of that. I'm not getting rid of the um, the Wagner Reader, Madame Xanadu, uh, or Sweet Tooth. I. I th- think i have them all i might be missing one or two issues but that's only probably because i just missed missed ordering from from dcbs that month but um i don't there aren't a ton but there are issues there or grimjack like you know or the milestone stuff if i find them in the back issue bins i'm trying to recreate my collection but um but yeah no there are there are definitely issues that uh that includes runs that 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 would never they're not going anywhere you didn't order the milestone compendium i didn't place my order yet i'm 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 uh i probably will because then that'll um, stop a lot of the the back issue hunting because well but but it, but it's the a big ass book the, the early issues i i i have most of the um most of the issues from the first four series that they launched mm. at least for the first the first handful of months i definitely do mm-hmm but depending on how many issues, this, how many volumes of this compendium there are, I, uh, it, it's, yeah, yeah, I'll probably order it. Yeah. But it's a good question because it applies to a lot of the stuff that I have. I mean, that goes to the Warren stuff and the Marvel Magazine stuff. I would never get rid of those. Right. I, don't, I don't care. Savage Sword. <laughs> no, they're just not leaving. <laughs> I don't care if they're doing an omnibus. Uh, the uh, single issues... Are, are the go-to for me on those. Uh, and it, it just so happens that it, it there's a cutoff date, right? Um, or, or era, I would say. Yeah. That, like, modern stuff, if I order, if I get a, a run of it and I love it and they put a collected edition out, sure, I'll relinquish the singles. Why not? Here's a collected edition. I don't have to worry about anything. But books of a, of a certain vintage, there's no way that I'm just going to part with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, there isn't, I don't think I have one. I don't, I think I would, I, I would have, I 
if you asked me this a year or two ago, I would have said Avengers yeah. and, and X-Men, but I, as you guys know, I'm strongly considering selling some of my and you have my X-Men you, you've gotten so. rid of some some for uh to for some OA grails, right? Um no, uh yeah, no, I well, not not Avengers or X-Men. I mean, I I I've I've gotten rid of Oh, but slap. I'm sorry, but other key issues, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean for a long time I've only said Avengers and X-Men, but even that I think I probably would give them up for uh A because to Vince's point, I mean, I have multiple versions of them now and other things, whether it be Omnibus or 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 Marvel Unlimited. I mean, there's lots of ways for me to read them for forever now. And and two, yeah, I just for for me now, it's it's. It, I would only give those up if it was to help uh, facilitate a significant OA purchases. But I but that being said, I could very much see that happening. So yeah, I don't. I, there are no. Uh, there are no. Sacred cows in uh, paper. Sacred cows for me anymore. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't surprise you. I mean, that's I've been pretty open about. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. It's just uh, does not connect. <laughs> and I'm kind of well, glad I mean, it doesn't. But also, keep in mind, I have a room that I literally can can barely walk into because it's stacked floor to ceiling with with hardcovers right i mean right. I, I mean i have i have most of this work in other forms now so like like 10 years ago we were, i would have said like things like west coast avengers and thunderbolts and excalibur but i have other beautiful ways to read that now so yeah, I don't you can add excalibur to my list too <laughs> there you go <laughs> and fw no fucking way you're not taking those <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> okay yeah. um Del Vecchio um, asks a question, any books you regret not picking up when it came out because you always thought it would be there and now it's hard to come by? And I have two things. One, the list is probably a lot longer than I can pull out of thin air right now. I'm sure there are things that are out of print that I wish I had bought before they were out of print. But I have a near uh, chronic level problem <laughs> that I buy every collected edition that's solicited. So... Um, <laughs> It's pretty hard for that to happen for me these days. Um, but I will say that um, until recently, the very first uh, edition, hardcover edition of, of The Inkle, um, which I, I let slip through my hands and, and have had never been able to acquire. And, and But then a few months ago, our, our good buddy Hassan sent me a copy. So I so that, that that's checked off. So I don't think... As I said, I, there are probably books that are out of print that I, I wish I had picked up, but I, I, offhand, I can't think of any. I feel like I've probably picked it up. <laughs> Let's so. talk about paying it forward. I mean, that just slightly off topic is that Hassan sends that to you, and today Hassan receives a package containing the complete run plus one-shots of The Power Company by Busiek and Grummet from D.C. back in the 90s. Brian N. sent it to him just out of the blue. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Nice. That's a fun uh, book. Yeah, it, it was it was at the time when I wasn't. Um, it was either uh, pay rent and keep the lights on, or or, or buy some comics. So I yeah. wasn't I, I wasn't reading that at the time. I want to. I, it, it always looked great. I remember I would pick up a wizard here and there, and I saw it, and and I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to check that out. There's really only the only thing that immediately came to mind, and there's probably a couple, but one that I wish I pulled the trigger on, and. Uh, haven't found it, or at least haven't found it at a decent price, uh, is the deluxe edition, the hardcover version 
of the fade out. Oh, okay, yeah. Why that's out of print? It might be. That's silly. I kind of think it is. Yeah, that's just silly. That's one. Is it the two? I think it's two paperbacks. Maybe three, but I think it's two. But no, I don't want the paperbacks. Yeah, not for that. That that needs the hardcover treatment. Yep. Uh, I don't have an answer for this. Um, Normally, if I see something, I'll just make a note of it or it's on the wish list or something. But yeah, there isn't uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the Rams of Rocks that was uh, solicited last year that uh, I don't know if it was just canceled um, or if they only made like three copies. But I, I I wouldn't mind having that if it's available. But yeah, there, mm-hmm. really, there isn't. There isn't a whole lot. Most things I figure I'll either just I'll end up getting eventually if if it's meant to be, but um, there aren't there really aren't too many comic related regrets really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see again, it's a, it's a uh, an era thing. Like, would I be pissed if I didn't buy Eight Ball back in the day? Hell yeah, I would be now because buying right. the buying the original issues would be prohibitive. But I have the entire run, so I, I don't lament over that. Uh, it, but if you were talking like Marvel and DC now, I really couldn't care less. So there aren't any series there. Like that doesn't eventually come out in in uh, collected edition, like the Hill House stuff. I didn't buy those in singles, so I fixed it on the back end with the hardcover. Right. So I'm good. But you know, I probably, I mean, I wouldn't. I didn't feel the need to spend the money on it because I don't need it, but. Um, I do like the planetary on the bus, but I have all the series, and that that that's a series that yeah, I'm never parting with. I have the entire run and the one shot, so I'm not I'm not getting rid of planetary. But but I think that that would be if I were to double dip and I didn't care, I could see me getting the omnibus on that. But if it's out of print or whatever, I mean that doesn't phase me but that's yeah. the, like, like that just to, just to vince's point yeah if i if, if i have it i'm not in a rush to right but i'm very willing to buy into a non-marvel dc series because of this like all of the indie publishers that we see in the previews if something looks good these days i will buy it because print runs are low and and buzz can happen overnight like barbaric Right. If I didn't get that first issue, I would be I would very much uh, repent and not repent. Um, you know what I mean? I, I, I would be very uh, much in a in a knot because I didn't get it, knowing what it looks like and how good it mm-hmm. was. But, yeah, if that came out from Marvel or DC, I know it's it, it's it sounds wacky. But even though it's a solid product and I, and I love it, if that came out in Marvel DC, I wouldn't have bought it because I know I'm going to either be able to get it when it's collected for a, a greatly reduced price or knowing those two companies, it eventually would be reprinted anyway. So, yeah. Marvel DC bias? Maybe. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Of a certain era. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Darren wants to know our favorite X-Men run, main book or adjacent, between Claremont and Hickman. Like in between the two bookends. Jeez. What an impossible question. I, I don't... 
I'm just going to have to go to the fallback, Morrison, I guess. Right? What else? What uh, else is there? I mean, I, for me, I think, I think the. I mean, my approach to this is that there's been a ton of tremendous runs. I mean, that's a long period of time. Uh, um, many of them would, were not the titular X Men book, but I mean, certainly. Um, I mean, well, I, like Excalibur, right? I mean, I was going to say that that's, that's the one I would go to as being better than the X Men for me. Like, sure. If you say, "What's your favorite mutant book?" I'd have to go with Excalibur. That's right. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, for me, and obviously, I'm I'm a huge mark for mutants, but I mean, I would say that uh, that runs in between those two that that I think are definitely worth worth reading. Um, certainly, the astonishing run, Whedon's astonishing run, was excellent. That's my first. Yep. Okay. Uh, as you said, I mean, Morrison's new X Men run, which was uh, about what uh, four years, four four and a half years, maybe of of comic. A big, I mean, a big chunk. There is for big ass omnibus. Big Omnibus, yep, that's excellent. Uh, certainly, uh, Age of Apocalypse is is to this day one of my favorite eventy yeah, things that's fun. Yeah. Uh, ever. You can get that in collected form in multiple ways. Uh, we said Excalibur. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw all of I I personally have a nostalgic love for the entire Excalibur run, but I think the the initial run, the first three four years of the run are are, are certainly the like the best of of of, a, of the series, the series went on much beyond that. Um, I loved Alpha Flight in the beginning. Um, that too had got a little long in the tooth as it went on. Um, X Force, X Statics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, X per- perfect. Yep, I hadn't even thought of those. Um, Peter David's X Factor run was tremendous. Um, uh, the the Mutant Massacre period of time with the X Men, I loved. I mean, that's. Uh, but I guess that's well. That's Claremont, right? That was yeah. Claremont. Yeah. Whenever uh, it's brought up, the Peter David um, X Factor X Factor book, it, I always get a tinge of of regret with that book. Why? Be, be, I, it's a great book. The first mm-hmm. time or the second time? Both of them. Okay. The first time, I thought the art was up to the challenge. The second time, I think he was saddled with a string of just that's true average. Yeah. artists but and i think it would not, have been a yeah. much the reception would have been to that book would have been much greater had he had um somebody who could bring the visuals in line with the concepts he was laying down uh i just i don't think it's a very pretty book for a long stretch especially right. during secret invasion it's just yeah. but um unfortunately I, the writing is super solid great writing by peter david but um, the art, eh, not so hot. Yeah, it, probably my my personal favorite of uh, answer to this, by the way, would would be Remender's Uncanny X Force run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. Yeah, and yeah. also you can also get that in in a nice collected form uh, these days. Uncanny Avengers um, too was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with what you're saying about Peter David's X Factor run, but I will say that. I think that's one of the criticisms people have with Morrison's New X Men is that, sure, we all remember Quitely now, but but Quitely only did a, ch- a chunk of the issues. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, you you had some some pretty janky '90s esque artists that contributed to that book. Uh, so I, I think we all remember 
the whole thing and like we picture quietly drawing it all but if you go and no. read the omnibus it's yeah. not like that it's yeah. there's there's some jank issues for sure yeah um, i would uh after whedon i think for me it's probably i mean aside from if i'm going with with x-men proper um my carries run i like that a lot the supernovas collection he he was doing something fun with Sabretooth before Loeb. Yeah, Supernovas yeah. was great. Yep, that's yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think when yeah, Bacello, so, I mean, who wrote that, it when Bacello was on it? Jason Aaron wasn't that uh, you talking about Wolverine and the X Men or no, 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 the no, X Men oh, um, book with when when oh, uh, Sabretooth was. Yeah, uh, that was Mike Carey, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the Mike Carey Supernovas run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that stuff too. Yep. There you go. So there you go. All right, let's stop with the questions for just a little yeah. while, and then we can go back. Mm-hmm. I got a book. A book. Yeah, a book. Is it a single book? Uh, uh, well, it's a collected edition, so yes, it is the only single book I'm going to talk about this time. There will be comics, but this is a collection. Mm. It is published by JY, which is an imprint of Yen Press. Mm. Did not, I did not know that. And... Uh, it's a bunch of paisans because it's an all Italian issue. Um, it's written by Stefano Ambrosio, but the art, there's a lot of hands on deck, so I'm not going to go through the entire list. Uh, Lorenzo Pastoviccio, Marco Gervasio, uh, Marco Palazzi, Alessandro Perina, uh, let's see, Vitale Mangiadori. Obviously, it's a Disney book, because who does Disney better than the Italians? Nobody. It is called, it's volume one of Wizards of Mickey. Anybody read this or, or hear about it? No? It's a big big no for me. It's incredible. It was originally serialized in the pages of Topolino. And uh, J.Y., they're really exploiting this series because as of this previews, uh, volume five is solicited. This is not a thin book. It is 200 and, let's see, almost 290 pages. And it, it's amazing. Uh, I'll just tell you the setup. Uh, Mickey is an apprentice to a great uh, wizard named uh, Nereus. And the uh, village in which Mickey lives is experiencing uh, some drought conditions. The farmers are all in a tizzy. The crops aren't, aren't growing very well. Those that do grow are anemic. They're small. And, and uh, the one thing that uh, Nereus told Mickey is like, yo, you're an apprentice. Don't go trying to play with the big boys. You'll learn the stuff at the pace you'll learn it, and when you get to be, you know, uh, fairly competent, then we'll take it from there. But for right now, don't go sticking your finger where it doesn't belong. But Mickey, being Mickey, uh, wants to help out. So um, magic in this world is powered by crystals. Uh, They call it Dia magic. And all the great wizards have a crystal. Uh, powering their their mojo so um in in this village it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but the 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 
magic crystal for the village is openly displayed <laughs> in the in the middle of the village. Like anybody can go up to it and just take it. It's it's right there. It's like having the most valuable thing in the village on a little pedestal right in the middle of the town square so everybody can just look at it and ne'er-do-wells can just go up to take it. But whatever. I, I, I don't make decisions for them. Um, so Mickey tries to help out. And he wants to make it rain so the crops can grow and the farmers can be happy and everybody can be fed and it's all sunshine and roses, but Mickey fucks up. And he ends up sum summoning a uh, a tornado. It it doesn't end well. Uh, but thankfully the the villain shows up and we're talking mickey so who do you think the villain is it's peg leg pete uh he's also a sorcerer everybody seems to be a sorcerer in this thing and uh peg leg pete takes the crystal because mickey's like please i i screwed up just just do what you have to do to make this stop and peg leg pete takes that as a uh, you know, when a vampire is knocking at your window, you, the only way you can get in is if you openly uh, acknowledge his presence and let him in. Well, Mickey says, please use the crystal. And Peg Leg Pete stops the tornado, but takes the crystal. So now the uh, the village is without its source of magic. Narius is not happy at all. Um, so Mickey's on the hunt for his crystal. And he goes to the, the capital of... Uh, it's called the Dolman Kingdom, where they have this wizard's tournament. And to enter the tournament, you have to have a crystal. And where do you think Peg Leg Pete goes? To the tournament. And he uses the the, the crystal that he just crooked to enter this grand tournament. Uh, Mickey's got to get it back. But he's not a very experienced wizard. How does he beat all these, these, these wizards of renown to get the crystal? Um, number one, you can't enter the tournament unless you have a team. Mickey doesn't have a team. It's just him. Well, in Disney fashion, uh, Mickey runs across a uh, couple of fledgling wizards that uh, have agendas of their own. Um, and who do you think those two wizards would be? Uh, I'm going to go with Goofy and Donald. There you go. <laughs> uh, Goofy is not a wizard. He's a, an alchemist and a herbalist. And... Um, he uh, he's entering the, the the tournament to provide things for his trade. Uh, he has a familiar. Um, Donald has a familiar a dragon called Fafnir. Donald is pretty much Donald in this book. He owed somebody money and uh, tried to uh, repay him by turning the dude's spoons to gold. And he, he fucked it up. So uh, he's on the run. Um, and he's in the, the grand tournament because he uh, he kind of set the persons uh, in on fire, and uh, so he's got he's got a, his past is beaten down on his door. So all these three uh, fledgling wizards they join together to enter the tournament to hopefully um, give them what they want. Right, Mickey of course wants that crystal, and he enters the the uh tournament to do so and that's just the first chapter i mean this book is it's loaded with dragons and wizards i'm I'm going through the book and the old D D uh alignments kicking in like as, as soon as the character is introduced i'm like ah chaotic good <laughs> or or this guy's mm, lawful neutral <laughs> it's so stupid but uh all the fantasy trappings are here it is just a 
uh, it's a sumptuously detailed book. Um, if you love Disney, who doesn't? Uh, at least the comics uh, from Disney. And you love the fantasy tropes, like this book is going to really float your boat. It is amazing. Chunky. I mean, there are uh, nine, eight panels per page, beautifully detailed. Um, there's something about a crown. Like when, when all of the the crystals are put together uh, from the tournament, um, it fashions into this crown. Uh, and the only person that can rebuild the crown is the winner of the Grand Sorcerer's Tournament. So you see where this book is going, right? Lots of villains. I just, uh, it's one of those feel-good books that there's there's no downside to this book at all with me. Um, as a fan of, of Rosa and Barks, like you're going to get that kind of spirit, that questing, adventurous spirit that those two uh, writer-artists brought to the table in this fairly modern i don't want to call it um you know newfangled or 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 a new nouveau because it it keeps in the disney tradition but it's it's just firmly lodged in the fantasy realm um and all the things giant bugs dragons ice creatures like it's just freaking amazing there's a sexiness to it too magic of dispel turns up and and yeah, she's cute, you know. Uh, but I, 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 for my money, I just I cannot get enough of this stuff. Um, volumes one, two, three, and five. Figure that out. Are solicited in this month's previews. For the life of me, I have zero idea why they didn't solicit four as well, but they did not. Your guess is as good as mine. You know, there are there are giant suits of anthropomorphic there's mobile suits of armor in this thing that are amazing um beautiful vistas the the the, the forest scenes are just deliciously detailed it's great I, I think it's wonderful and the best one of the best parts about it is for almost 300 pages it's only going to cost you like 11 dollars and change after discount full color great paper you need these on your shelf. If you're a Disney fan, you got to have these. So, yeah, Wizards of Mickey. I've, every time you talk about a Disney book, I'm always like, man, i got to get on the Disney. And then it always is one of the things where it's like so daunting because there's so much great archival Disney out there. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, unfort- well, fortunately, this JW stuff is not in line with the fanographics books you got to have a you know a six-figure income to keep up with this fanographics line they're not cheap great presentation pristine beautiful presentation but uh, you will pay through the nose for the fanographics books this is just a a consumer-friendly um disney dalliance like it's it's very uh meaty and you're not going to pay a lot for it so where's the drawback yeah, and it's done by a bunch of talented Italians. Come on. Well, Nobody does this. What was that? That seems redundant. No. Um, nobody does Mickey and, and Donald like the Italians these days. Yep. That's cool. Well, that sounds great. No, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I don't, I mean, yes, it is a, an ongoing quest. 
but there are ends are tied up and new ones begin. So uh, should you decide to, to traipse into volume two, there'll be a ton of stuff for you to read and so forth. Yeah. I just, it's just a head scratcher why they didn't solicit volume four this month. It's weird, right? It is weird. Here's our entire back catalog except for volume four. Uh, hmm. Yeah. It's puzzling. That it is. And you know what? Uh, full disclosure, I'm, I'm not a Disney movie fan. I can name maybe two Disney movies that I I flat out love. The rest of them, I could take them or leave them. Yeah, haters gonna hate, you know. No, it's not haters gonna hate. Their their, their movies don't do anything for me. Now I'm not talking about the shorts. The Mickey and Donald shorts are great, mm-hmm. but you know, once they their feature films are not not things that I to to which I gravitate. I just, Fantasia, sure. Yeah, Fantasia's great. Um, Snow White, it's it's amazing, but um, maybe I'd add Jungle Book to that too. But for the most part, I don't I don't dig their uh, their feature films. You're an enigma, dude. I don't know. Don't know how it, it works. Like we went to Disney, just you know, I I went to Disney as a kid, Disneyland, Disney World, but both of them, and uh, I was like, yeah, this is okay, whatever. I much prefer Universal. I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> no, I think I, 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 I think Renee is right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. But I know people that are like they make the pilgrimage to Disney uh, World uh, yeah. ev- every year, and these aren't people that make a whole lot of money, but they reserve a certain <laughs> chunk of their income. Yeah. To 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 it's go. It's a weird thing because I've I will. No, listen. I'm sure probably about to insult some of our listeners. I've always thought it was like incredibly corn pone when I think about people going on their honeymoon to Disney. Like I'm like that is because to me Disney is an incredible place, but there's nothing romantic about Disney. <laughs> like there's not a single romantic thing about Disney, and so like I always feel like, and again I know I'm painting with a broad brush here. I'm gonna get in trouble. I always feel like when I when I've been at Disney with the family and I see people around like just married, I think. You have a loveless, sexless marriage. Like wow, <laughs> how do you make that leap? <laughs> because again, like if your definition of like your getaway to celebrate your marriage, your romantic, like what should be one of the most passionate romantic few days or weeks of your life is to go to fucking Disney, then like you're not a passionate sexual person. Like that's just how I think of it. And again, I know I'm being the problem. Right? Yeah, this is very much unlike you. I think you should stop just right here. <laughs> this is not Jason. I'm just being honest, it's always been a thing. I know. I thought like, oh. yeah, no. But uh, you gotta stop. Oh, <laughs> listeners, tell me how I'm wrong. Tell me that you're you're absolute freaks in the sack, but you love Disney. Uh, you went to Disney on your honeymoon. I just I just don't understand what is so compelling about the place that people will sacrifice. A chunk, because it is not cheap to go to Disney. Uh, well, that see, that's where I have to disagree in the sense that I mean, um, I, I mean, I've uh, we've been there a bunch, certainly not every year, but um, I've always thought it was an incredible place. I, I think Universal is really fun, especially as an amusement park. Universal has better rides, but Disney. The thing about Disney is it's the it's the whole kit and caboodle. It's so meticulous in that there's no – you go to Great Adventure, you go to Busch Gardens, you go to Universal. 
there's cool rides, cool displays, but then there's just regular buildings, regular regular roads. There's rundown parts. There's it, it you you're pulled in and out of of the wondrous imagination of of the the attractions. Whereas in Disney, everything fits into the narrative. Every worker is in costume or character. There's not a piece of trash anywhere. All of the landscaping, the painting, the architecture fits the motif of either Disney proper or the theme of the area. Like it's just they 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 I guess it's the difference between staying at the Ritz Carlton on vacation or staying at the Holiday Inn. Like you can have a good time at either place and depending on your budget maybe you have to choose one over the other. But like but if you are looking for an immersive, fantastical experience, I think particularly where your kids are going to remember it with wonder, I just don't think that Disney World, Disneyland can be matched. I, hmm. I, I, I think that's that's the allure for me is just how they really do think. They try and go above and beyond for what is absolutely an exorbitant amount of money. I'm not going to dispute that. I, I, I like a lot of things. Like when I when I go to Eagles games or I or I'm at Disney with my family, I think all the time like how how are these places packed, right? Like like the average income of a family is X. How do they afford to do these things? And I think like you said, Vince. People make like that's their special thing yeah. for that year or, or for they, or, or over a three to five year window. They that's like that's the thing that yeah. they they save up for. And uh, and Dis- I I don't Disney. know many people that have gone to Disney World and have come away saying, oh, I, I, I didn't think that was worth my money. Hmm. Well, one. But um, <laughs> th- there is a brand loyalty that Disney has managed to generate over the, the decades that I think is un- unparalleled. People are extremely devoted to Disney. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, our North Carolina boys—they they are hardcore Disney fans. I mean, they they are into it, man. Right, Dad? Like they they are. Hmm. I more power to them. Yeah. I mean, they they got like I they mean, got dull whip tattoos. They got yeah. Like there's not. I mean, they 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 rave about the. The, the the hall of presidents and i'm like oh my god i'm like bro I, i'm like i've been i've been to disney like 10 times i've i've never once yeah felt compelled to walk into the hall of presidents same yeah i i went back i went there the initial time but i've never returned to it the hall of presidents like it was yeah it's yeah. a thing you know you got to see it i guess yeah. but once you've seen it it's like okay i've i've never been to universal and i haven't been to disney in Fuck over over thirty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Universal. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely ref for Universal too. Like, I think it's a super fun place. I, I and I think that the the two Harry Potter worlds yes. in Universal are, and part of this is because they're some of the newest stuff. Are the, that one section of Universal is is individually better than any individual section at Disney world. Now, to be fair, I haven't been to the, the new star Wars land. I may have to retrench that right after yeah. I retract that after I've been to the star Wars. I, but, but like 2018 before vintage Disney world, I would put the universal Harry Potter up against any specific part of Disney. The thing again, though, is that Disney, the whole, the whole, the wholeness of it, the holistic Disney, I think trumps Universal. But yeah, I'd rather go on that fucking busted ET ride than than anything in, in <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, at that's... least you didn't say you'd rather do the Captain EO 
adventure. Men in Black, sure. I'll go on that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, word up. But my favorite is The Simpsons. That 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 uh, gives me the vertigo, man. Oh I no, it. I love it. When you're going down the fucking do hill and the giant donut, come on. I love Yeah, that's my shit. Can't have that. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Do we have any other questions? <laughs> oh, we're back on questions now that you've talked about your book? No, I mean we could do a question, then we could do I was gonna ping pong. Yeah, let me talk about my book and then <laughs> well, good night, everybody. <laughs> Damn. Shoot myself in Rough. the face. Oh shit! All right, so, so what you got, what you got, Jason? Well, um, let's see here. Um, yeah, I mean, some of these are hard to answer. So, I, mean, I don't, I don't have an answer for this. But I'll, Rod wants to know music from comic related films. What worked, what didn't? I couldn't begin to tell you. I don't, I, I, I can't think of a single song or soundtrack from any superhero movie or comic movie that I've loved or hated particularly. Do you guys have anything for that? Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it aside from okay, that. That's true. Yeah, the music was a central part of that. That's a yeah. game. Yeah. Um, there really isn't anything else that. Uh, and I mean, and the um, and because it fits within the context of the movie, uh, whatever Deadpool's playing, whenever he's doing something. But other than that, but that's just because I'm in the moment. But yeah, there isn't. Uh, I couldn't um, tell you anything beyond that. Yeah, Guardians is a great soundtrack. The first one. But I don't think Marvel ever paired um, a song with a sequence better than in the second Guardians. Mr. Blue Sky, yeah, right? yeah, that, that is that's fantastic. absolutely perfect. Yeah. yeah. That is one where, I mean, in the first well, movie, they had the soundtrack is, is great. And yes, it does play into the whole mixtape thing. But those, those songs, you could swap them out for songs from that era and it would still work. You can't take Mr. Blue Sky out of that sequence. It just, it's just extremely well done. It is mm. the perfect right. um, commingling of, of song yeah. and, and sequence. Yeah, That's a good one. Uh, Austin Ellis has a great question, but admittedly, I don't know if it's one we should try and attempt to do on the fly because um, it would make for a good discussion, but we might have to do some thinking on it. But I'll throw it out there. It's uh, uh, under-the-radar releases from big-name creators. He gives an example. He always thought thinks of uh, Ed Brubaker's A Complete Low Light from Adhouse, shout out to Adhouse, or yep. Space Mullet from uh, DWJ, which are both great, by the way. Um, yeah, it's a great question. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any that immediately come to mind. I, my mind immediately goes to like their early stuff, like the stuff that got them into the door at the bigger companies. Yeah, uh, Scene of the Crime. Mm-hmm. From yeah. Brubaker. Uh, like Bendis, like Torso. I mean, most yeah, people probably see Powers, yeah. right? Um, uh, Jason Aaron, the other side. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Which he did with uh, now canceled Cam Stewart, right? That's his name. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad Hickman has evolved past his initial book. Yes, that's for sure. Preach. Because, uh, oh, Nightly News? Yeah, not a fan. I oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Not a fan. I mean, that's what turned me on to him. So I, I definitely, uh, certainly Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey with, with Phonogram. Um, yeah. I, I like, it's hard for me to know. Like, I don't, is that, is that off the beaten track enough for him? I would assume, like, like that fits, right? Yeah, I would think. Um, who else? That does are? require some research, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, like again, like my mind just goes to their original, like Donny Cates. I mean, I'd have to to. I mean, would 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 God Country count, or is that our? Oh, sure, I would think. Yeah, that was the book that kicked them into Marvel. Both. Yeah. 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 So, but that's actually that's worthy of a larger discussion. That's right. That's a good one. Yeah. So. We'll have to. There would be some list up. making to do. Yeah, they think a yeah. list that definitely is listy. Uh, on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Her text. Uh, Brian Newbery wants us to riff on a few of our O'Cluster contenders now that we're at the halfway point of the year. Oh shit! Yeah. I mean, just listen to any episode this year for Vince's favorite. Yeah, favorite single issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be barbaric. It's gonna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until next week. Well, no. The first it's going to be really up. hard to top that for a single issue. Very hard. Mm-hmm. The the only thing that comes immediately to mind because I I haven't done my mid year list yet. I usually do do that. I haven't done that yet. Uh, but certainly Wicca comes to mind, and and I'm sure Brian will be happy to hear about that because he turned me onto that book. But that where are you going to stick gonna... that though? Probably fantasy. No, I mean, uh, collected edition, new to me, favorite reprint, because, you know, it was published elsewhere before Static well, got it. was it. published here in the States. It was published here in the States in 21, right? Right. That's all that matters. Okay. If it's, it, to me, if it's, if, it's, if it's just been put into English that year, even if it's a reprint, I, I, I would put it, I would feel fine putting it. I think that's right. fair. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. You guys got any that you're like, oh, this is definitely going to... I mean, I feel like quite often uh, I hear the words, uh, this is going to find a spot on my 11th Oscar, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I wish I... Um, yeah, I should have uh, brought up one note before we started. Yeah, I don't think um, I'm going to be able to uh, look away from Cry Punch in the anthology category. That's a good one. It's going to be tough, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just in terms of the the size of the thing, the, the amount of, of creators involved in it, and the, it just looks and reads great. Uh, but I haven't finished it. I would consider Skybound X, uh, as of issue two, to be a contender for best anthology. But I'm not. I'm not. That's Skybound not, 10. Uh, That's yeah. That's not a lockdown yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, Carmen's probably going to find somewhere on mine. Um. Firepower for sure. Uh, 100% without a doubt. Monsters by Barry Windsor Smith. Interesting. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, it's going to be hard not to put that on the list somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. definitely going on somewhere. And not because it's a critical darling and it was well received. It's just a great freaking book. Like, I, I could not care less what other people think of these things. If sure. if 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 I love it, we love it. Then I, I got to give it its its due, right? I thought mm-hmm. Monsters was great, yep. <laughs> and it, it, it's an achievement. Not only is it a great book, a great work of sequential art, it's it's a monumental achievement by one man. It's R- not just ridiculous. It's not just what he put on the page. It's how it affected me. Is 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 what how I how I determine this particular work. Is is uh, is going on my best of the year list? Hmm. Um. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm. I, I don't can't. Yeah, I don't think I'm not sure. I can't say for sure. Monster's gonna be on my list, but but uh, but it certainly may. I don't know. Yeah. 
I know my uh, favorite new to me. Do we still do that? No. Is it, oh, we don't? Well, if we did, my favorite new to me would definitely be Birthright because I came into that book late and it's just too freaking good. Uh, like mm-hmm. back to um, when that the question, what are you kicking yourself that you didn't buy in single issues? I, get, I would probably go with Birthright now that I think <laughs> of it because I, I love the book and I wish I was reading it as it was coming out. C'est la vie. The, uh, c'est la vie, c'est la vie. If it if it um, if it wraps up before the Ecloskers, uh the last Ronin might be on my list somewhere. Goddamn right. Um, mm-hmm. And there was uh, there was something else I was thinking about. Um, shoot, I just had it too. Damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a couple of things that that kind of just jumped out of me oh you could always do a um you could do a fantasy and then vince's other favorite fantasy so this way you can have barbaric and birthright both on as a class <laughs> can't though. well birthright he said is new to me because it came out before right but, yeah. then, but if you had a second fantasy category then he could squeeze it in there no uh, it's not possible and and so but the the saving grace is that uh barbaric's not going to win the fantasy con- category it's going to win the favorite single issue that's how I would do it. You haven't, but you haven't read the second or third issue yet, right? I mean, I get it. Okay, so the first issue is is your your favorite single issue of the year so far, right? And and at least this way, it's got it. At least this way, Barbaric is now on your right. list exactly. somewhere. Yeah, I that's how it. I do it. Yeah, yeah. You got to give credit where it's due, and if there's now, I thought love. you said that Dagger Dagger was going to be your little class. That's what I'm saying. It's hard. Like if you put Dagger Dagger next to Cry Punch, both are really powerful books. Yeah, and I, that's going to be the conundrum. What do I go with for that? I'm. I may. Who knows? Maybe Dagger Dagger will go in the fantasy category. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, neither is overshadowed by. The other, they're both just phenomenal anthologies. I don't know what to do. And there's mm-hmm. crossover pollination too. Some of the artists appear in both, so I, it's going to be sure it's going to be tough. Yeah. A sticky wicket. Love that. It's one of my uh, favorite little uh, little phrases. Sticky wicket. I had a sticky wicket the other day. Yeah. Yeah. You were sloppy. <laughs> What else do we have? How about a, another comic from one of y'all? Well, the uh, I have now successfully read all six books nominated for the Eisner Best Graphic Album. Um, and when the when the award came out, I had already read a bunch of them. Uh, I read the book. I, I read Andy Watson, Andy Watson's book tour. Ben Argon's Labyrinth and Brubaker Phillips Pulp before the nominations. And then since then, uh, I read Flake, which I, I spoke about a few weeks ago by Jonathan Cape uh, press uh, written and drawn by Matthew Dooley. That's the one with the ice cream truck. Uh, and then in the last week and a half or so, I read the other two, which were Paul at home by uh, Michael Robagliati and drag man by Stephen Appleby. Now, uh, Paul at home 
not did nothing for me. No disrespect to it. Drawn accordingly. Again, it's didn't get the nomination out of nowhere, but but just did, left me cold. It wasn't didn't find it very interesting. But Dragman, now that is a wonderfully creative book that I think people need to check out. Um, it's Stephen Appleby's debut graphic novel. So similarly to um, Matthew Dooley on Flake, this is their first ever attempt at this. And uh, talk about having a tough act to follow for with, with your second one. Um, but this is a superhero, a quirky superhero British humor graphic novel with that centers around uh, gender identity. So it's 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 a hard to you know this is not not a book that's easy. There's not an easy elevator pitch for this one. Um, but the premise is there's a dude named August Crimp. He is uh, married with child now, very happily. But August has a past, and his past is that of a superhero. This is a world with superheroes um, known as Dragman. And he was, for a good chunk of his adult life, a crime fighter who uh, dressed as a woman and uh, and fought crime. And for some reason, which you may or may not find out why, um, August can fly and has superpowers when he's wearing women's clothes, but not when he's not. And he discovers this at a relatively early age and takes on the mantle. Um, but at this point, when we're introduced to him, he has given all that up um, to live a quote-unquote normie life. And his wife doesn't know that he was a cross-dresser, nor does she know that he was a superhero. And it's actually the the the, the latter part of that, the superhero that identity that, that he's more concerned about her finding out about because – she is very traumatized from uh, her parents were killed by superheroes inadvertently during a big battle when they when heroes vanquished this world threatening Thanos level villain, um, as would ha- probably happen if superheroes were real. Uh, her parents were collateral damage, um, you know, complete accident, but but nevertheless. So she's got like PTSD even at the mere thought or sight or mention of superhero so he's never told her about his past but uh what would a book be without without drama and tension and so things happen where uh, august has to restart his drag man identity to try and solve a murder and uh and and also come his his has to come to terms with come clean with his wife who feels doubly betrayed at first she feels betrayed that he never told her that he liked to cross dress and then after she's getting over that, uh, he then, and he swears he'll never lie to her again, she finds out, in fact, he's also a superhero, which, as I said, is something it's even hard for her to deal with. So he's definitely got issues there. Um, but the book has this really light undertone to it, like this strangeness to it, which is wonderful. Very British humor, very dry. Um, he's got this this very aggro like funnily angsty sidekick named dog girl. And she's literally just this, this, you know, rough edged young woman who turns into a dog. That's her power. Just just like a regular dog, like nothing special. Um, and, and like all the heroes in this world are, are quirky. There's like fly paper. He literally turns into a giant piece of fly paper. There's, um, you know, there's just like, like no one's got, there's no Batman. There's no Superman. These are all quirky 
these were characters you'd be more likely to see in, in Ben Stiller's Mystery Men than than you would uh, Justice League. And uh, and and through it all, he has to he has to solve this murder and go on this grand adventure and kind of rediscover his identity as 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 a as a as a, as a for cross dressing. And uh, yeah, and 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 the undertone of it all is is that it, this idea of, of of gender and sexuality. Um, August essentially identifies, like I said, he's happily married with a kid. He essentially identifies as 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 heterosexual, but but it's clear that he's but he's also he's had dalliances uh, with men, nothing like uber sexual, but he has made out with a few over over the years, and uh, so clearly there's some he's somewhere on the bisexual spectrum. Uh, so, and like all of this, I know these sound like a lot of disparate themes, but he, but, but he wraps it all into this really fantastic superhero adventure narrative, um, that has a a happy ending. I mean, it, it definitely has a pretty great ending where everything, everybody ends up in a good place. Uh, and I thought it was delightful. And then I hope I'm not spoiling because I don't, Stephen Appleby's been a well-known writer for a long time. Um, so the in the epilogue of the book, he is a, a, a thing that says, "I am not August Crimp," uh, and he and he starts talking about that. But then he explains that that his his decision to write about uh, gender identity and cross dressing was not um, out of nowhere. And and the the um, what's I don't know the term. Maybe you guys do that. What's the term of the the photo that the authors have at the end of the book? Um, you know what I mean? Like they have that. Every author has like that that photo that you see at the end of, of their books that like the pro photo. There's a term for it, but whatever. Um, like the galley photo, I think is I, that what it's called. Yeah, I don't know the name yeah. of it. So the galley photo is 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 Stephen Appleby um, presenting as a woman. So like I don't know if this is him coming out with this or if this is a well known thing that he is a that he, he that he's a trans woman. But but he very much says in the book like I'm a, I'm a trans woman. So, but he prefers to be called Stephen. So it's, it's a fascinating, it's very timely, right? Like it's a very timely, timely book. And I, I, I love that it, that it exists for that reason. And then the, the packaging very much reminds me of a Matt Kent book and that uh, the book itself is, is terrific. And, and his cartooning is very, very, um, it's, it's like a simple line. It's mostly nine panel grid. Um, he, he's not. He reminded me a lot of Kent, really, because because it's it, like if I were to show you a panel of this, I, I don't think it looks. And, and I held it up to a panel of Matt Kent's work. I don't know that they'd be very like I don't. I'm not sure you'd see the comparison, but just the freeness of the style. Um, it, it it's you're you're not going to find many straight lines in this book. If he's drawing a door or a welcome mat or a building, he's just freehand drawing it very loosely. Uh, he's giving you the enough of the line to make your mind see a couch or a plane or a restaurant, but it's not, he's, he's not trying to be hyper-realistic. It's just to evoke it in your mind. Um, and the characters are, are glorified stick figures, really. Um, some of the pages are colored, some are not. I don't know if that's because of when he made, made certain pages or not, or if, if he meant the color pages to be more of emphasis to the story, but but uh, all in all, it's it's a it's a very loosely drawn book, um, but it I think it works really well. Um, 
and it, like I said, it reminds me of Kent in that way, but it also reminds me of Kent in the production value. Uh, it's a fantastic hardcover with this this um, very. Uh, it's got like a, a toothiness to it. The 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 cover feel it has texture. It almost feels like like if you were to rub your fingers over it, it almost feels like it's braille, although it's not. Um, it's just the texture of the image. And then it's got a great uh, little embedded ribbon in it, little little bookmark ribbon, in case you don't read it all in one sitting, as I did. So I just thought it was terrific. And, and as I look at the six books nominated, I mean, we loved Pulp. I loved Labyrinth, and I loved Flake. Um, but I, I think Dragman, I don't know. Maybe, I, I, want, I want to be careful because it could be recency bias, but I think this may have been my favorite of the six um, for what it was. It was entirely unique. And I think anybody could get something out of this. I think anyone that's ever read a superhero book could get something out of this. If you're a fan of of, of, of British humor in any way, I think you'd get something out of this. So I think this book would appeal to lots of different niche parts of the industry or the hobby um, in a way that's tough to pull off when you're trying to mash up a lot of different ideas like this into one thing. So, yeah, big, big fan of it. I I, I couldn't recommend it enough. And it's um, it's by uh metropolitan books which i think is a imprint of mcmillan but it's not by a traditional comics publisher either so super super good stuff um once again it's called drag man all one word mm. get a little bit of a nicholas Mahler vibe from the art mm, you know not as exaggerated but um uh, van helsing's night off we talked about that. Lone oh Ranger. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I was trying to place the name. Yeah, just, okay. just the the scratchy uh, immediacy of the the marks, but uh, no, it looks real good. I, I it makes me giggle a, a little bit how the Eisner nominations for you are a clarion call. To me, it's like mm, whatever. One of these days, I'll read them. If not, like the fact that they made the Eisner list to me actually pushes them farther down my to read list where you are very accepting of of other people's accolades and you you know if you there's a there's a little fear over something you want to know why i get that but it just makes me it's just funny how we're so different sure i mean part of it for me is the is the 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 eisners i respect the way they go about the nomination process mm-hmm. in that uh, there aren't you don't see marvel and dc filling these up like you right. would with because it's they can't there's no money to be spent it's it's the as you i mean you guys know this for our listeners that don't they pick a different selection of judges each year yeah they put them in a room with basically every comic and graphic novel imaginable and they hash it out and they read the stuff and they talk about it and um one of my true dreams in this industry would be would be chosen to be an eisner judge (laughs) no i mean it it would be it would be i mean because they do pick I mean, they they do put people like us. Okay, you know, it's not there are always one or two people that are bloggers or podcasters or or journal. You know, I mean, so it's 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 not like a, a complete. It's not a complete impossibility. You got to right. meet the right people. But my point is, is I love the way they go about it. I think it's very genuine in that way, and that there's no commerciality to it. Um, and then many years ago, I just started when I started noticing who was nominated. The stuff I had read that was nominated, I always thought was excellent. Generally, I'm like, oh, that's really good. And then, um, yeah, I mean, so maybe about eight or ten years ago, I started using it as a springboard to yeah. fill in white space for things that I may have missed over the over the 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 year. And and now it's definitely a go to for me. I mean, I and and it's it's that way because as I said, I just I can't think of a time where I've 
been disappointed by that process like of going of of making of using this as a short list to fill in holes and then the stuff i've gone back and read that i had missed because it made the list have, have almost always satisfied me you know right well the fact that these these awards exist at all um many many people use them as a go-to list for for exposure yeah I right mean, i like, mean it's like, it's the, the way it works yeah like i mean like best single issue this this year it's it's Hedra by Lonergan, which was awesome. Other History of the DCU, number one, which Dap and I both loved and talked about, John Ridley. Uh, Sports as Hell, which is Ben Passmore's latest thing, which was great. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but it was great. Uh, and The Burning Hotels by Thomas Lampion, which is one of the Birdcage Bottom books, which I, I do their annual Kickstarter, where they you, you can kickstart their whole catalog each year. And I thought that was terrific. So, like, it's just, I don't know. When I, when I see things like that, or I see, for Best Continuing Series, Bitter Root and Gideon Falls and... The, so the, of those are the two of the, of the ones that I've read, and I think they're both excellent. So I'm just like, okay, I mean, the things I know of on these lists seem excellent to me. So then I think, okay, well, chances are, right? Like Far Sector's on there, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen for the best limit. Like everything that, that I have read that are on there, I'm like, damn, that was really good, you know? So I get it. Yep. You just hate anything that's... Ah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> it's just true. Uh, yeah, maybe, <sighs> maybe. I don't know. And it's not a, 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 you know, the old. Well, this band can't be any good anymore because now they're getting. No, I it's know. nothing like that. I just whenever I see a list, I just I I I, I don't know how to approach it. Like, have I ever discovered something from a list? Sure. Who hasn't? But for the a list to me is not uh, a cause for celebration. That I need here's a a nice chunk of stuff that I have no idea you know existed. Maybe check them out. I don't know. I just I, I I'm not compelled by lists. Yeah. No. I get it. I mean, listen to each his own. I just I think for me because I tend to eighty percent of the things each year I think that I read that I feel like are the best are stuff like. Like that, though, right? You know, oh, hard, sure. For you, it's tailor made. Are collections that aren't big two stuff. So, so right. it's just it's my sweet spot, you know. Just. But I, I do uh, the I find the drag aspect of it very compelling. No, it was. I mean, well, that's that's the hook, I man. That's why it's in the name, right? I think is right. the. the but the, he, the cool thing about it, though, is that um, that it's coming from a place where like it isn't like he. he there's nothing wrong with 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 like a drag queen being ostentatious right like i just went to a my i think i mentioned i well to you guys at least that i was just just had the great fun of going to a a, a drag performance uh show a couple weeks ago for the first time beth and i were taken by our friends and it was like incredibly fun sure but like but this is like the thing i liked about this is that this is more on the 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 spectrum of like uh, reminding us that it's a spectrum right that like not every person who who is trans is, and I know most of our listeners understand this already, but like this book makes it, it focuses on the fact that like, this is a dude who's had a journey and his journey is his journey, but it's not, he's not like RuPaul. And he's also not like a, a guy who wears suits and ties and feels a hundred percent like classically masculine all the time. Right. Like he's himself. Right. And like he is happily married and, and in love and in lust with his wife and he's thrilled to be a dad but he also feels most natural 
when he's dressed like a woman. Yeah, well, like that's you know, and it's like I, it just the tone of it was really satisfying to me because right. it just I thought that it was neat that it wasn't like trying to um, emphasize the 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 far end of either spectrum to make a point. It was just like, nah, this is this is this guy's got this journey, and it also he also happens to have superpowers when he when he dresses like a woman. But it I don't know. I just I thought it was impressively subtle in its presentation if that makes sense right well one of the the things that initially endeared simon hanselman to me aside from his great cartooning was Mm. the fact that he gives no fucks i enjoy wearing women's clothing right right you know if if it's 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 wonderful to see a person who found that identity regardless of what everybody else thinks I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's it can't be an easy road. It's I mean, you gotta wonder. Yeah, that, you know, and like, I don't want to. I want people to read this book, so I don't want to spoil it. But like, just to put a finer point on what was so cool about the whole thing is that when his wife finds out that he was a crossdresser, she's like a hundred percent for it. Like that part didn't bother her. I mean, she was upset that he lied to her. Well, then she loves him. She really right. loves him. She was just like, she was like, I wish you had told me. Like, I'm like, that's totally cool. Like, I, she's like, I love you because you're so unique. I love you know, you're. Right. And that's that's that would like, I I hate that you've hidden a part of you from me all this time. Like, that's I got no problems with that. Like, I know you still love me. And I was like, so it wasn't until the superhero part when she was like, what the fuck, you know? Oh, that yeah. has trauma from. Right, like, she right. actually is traumatized from that. But like, but yeah, I mean, she was just like, oh, that's cool. Like, what? Like, you can like. Well, that's a nice take on it. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, I mean, no, that that it's a it's 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 a wonderful book. Really I is. lean more into the I'm a read this category. So, yeah, you did your job. There you go. Yeah. And there's not a week that goes by that Nina and I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I've never seen it. I mean, I don't like Oh, it's, it's friggin' great. So, it's great. But like what is it? A, like I know it's kind of a reality show, but like are, what are they competing? What are they trying to be? Like just the best drag queen possible? Or? Well, for that season, yeah, yeah. You, That's I what mean, I'm saying. So they're competing to be a drag queen. Yeah, because that. Okay. Yeah, being under Ru- RuPaul's wing, I guess, exposes them to a lot of uh, uh, avenues that they they previously were not exposed to. Right. Sure. I mean, if you're you're RuPaul's darling, it opens a lot of doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I just think it's great. Yep. So there we go. We have a, another book or to talk about here. I mean, this, our, this, our man this other King. guy got it, has to talk King. about something. Uh, there isn't. Um, uh, I, I was mostly prepping for. Uh, oh, here we go. Hey, leave yeah. him alone. So, you know, <laughs> I. Uh, yeah. yeah. The only thing that came out yesterday was uh, Turtles, and I didn't read that yet. And yeah, there hasn't. Um, the only thing I read, I finished um, earlier today after I saw Vince's list. Um, so I mean, that's just something we can probably, I can comment on during his in your travels. But no, I don't. There, there isn't. Uh, there really isn't anything I could. Um, and the third issue of the Good Asian was a a a good issue. It. it progresses the story along but i mean it's it's a 10 issue series so this was when did that come out uh last week i think um but it was uh it was good because oh, there we were is. introduced to to um 
to 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 a new character and uh, slightly more insight on Edison. Um, but you know, I, I I can't really go into it the way we may have gone into the the first two issues. But that's um, and last week I finished uh, the bequest at uh, Vince's request. And oh yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. Let's let's do it. Speak on that. Um. Oh, it's an um. It is an um. Yeah, it yeah, is. Um. Uh, because uh, this may be on me, um, and apparently Dap because he didn't know it either. But I didn't think it was a miniseries. Same. The the first couple, and, and of course, written by Tim Seeley with art by phenomenal art by um, Freddie E. Williams the second. Um, going into it, it was so heavy with the world building. Like the first two and a half issues, you get the lay of the land, the way magic works, the 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 body that oversees magic, the the fact that there are um, uh, right wing scum that are uh, pillaging this fantasy realm for powers to. Uh, conduct an insurrection on the government like it's very it it's it definitely has a foot in in two worlds this this fantasy based uh realm and unfortunately uh, current events right which uh, normally that's something that turns me off but i think it was it was done appropriately and not wincingly so right um do you agree that yes right but I read the fourth issue, as did David, and the story ends. Uh, the, I, I felt like the villain uh, was dispatched far too easily. Yep. For the buildup that we got over the course of like three issues to, to have the villain just be, I'm going to call it casually, dispatched in issue, issue four, uh, we lost a character that... I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it. We lost a character that they've built up for three issues, well, almost three issues. A super cool, amazing character, just gone and without any fanfare. It's just oh well, and and then Warlock punches his mother in the face in the last issue. I mean, I know there was some animosity, right? Because he was he was in fact punished for doing what he did, and he was was in a sense banished to to our realm to do community service to make up for his crimes. But then to go back after this adventure and and punch his own mother in the face, there was no indication that he 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 had that strong uh, that the the the. Uh, inclinations that he hated his mother that much to punch her in the face it's just it it just seemed out of left field like what there were there would have been better ways to to continue his journey on earth like he could have just said you know what i i don't feel like i've atoned for my crimes my crimes in quotes i want to stay here a little while longer like you don't punch your mother in the face that's not going to endear you to me (laughs) it was just odd and left field yeah there could have been there could have been another way for and and want the crew to go back to chicago right and dad was apparently the master of his his slice of of magic 
he's just going to stand there and watch his wife get punched in the face? I, it just didn't, it, it didn't, the, the tone was completely off for me. And, and the ramifications should have been much stronger than, okay, I guess I'm going back to Earth. Like, oh, I, I thought the ending was a failure. For, for how good the first three issues were, I thought issue four just completely, uh, I don't want to say it, it, it trashed any goodwill the series has, but I just thought it was, uh, uh, there, the, there was an indicator there to me that maybe the series wasn't selling as well as they wanted it to sell. And they said, all right, wrap it up with four. And the creative team had, a, had to do some fancy footwork to get all the threads together to the last, the fourth issue. I don't know. It just feels, it, it felt extremely off base and just wrong for what happened before. Yeah, um, I I had high hopes after the first issue, and the uh, following issues kind of kept that vibe going. But yeah, it, it, it's pretty much like you said. And I don't know, I don't the the note at the end by Tim and and by Freddie, and um, you now Tim does say that I I hope. That uh, you'll tell others to check it out, and maybe they'll pick up the trade, and that um, and that uh, the creative team can come back and and tell more stories about the war party, and and um, I it it's yeah, I mean it 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 does look great, and you know Tim's a good writer, and 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 he's clever, and he's witty, and uh, I like a lot of what went on here. But it did, as you near the last few pages of, of the fourth issue, um, they were really, it, it, it felt like they were rushing yeah. to cram it all in to just, we, 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 we got to wrap it up. And, and someone's on the side playing them off the stage because time's a wasting. And, and it's, um, right. it, it's a bit of a bummer. It, it, it's, it, it's a bit of a bummer after after such a strong start. Extremely strong start. Like the 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 concept of of uh, imprisoning a dragon and extracting its magical essence to fuel this alt right army. Like that is a really cool concept. That they would trade automatic weapons for magical artifacts to give these these characters a, a one up in their their uh their political uh aspirations uh that's neat i and i thought okay if if now they're armed with these these objects infused with magic these guys are going to be tough to take down but they were extremely easy like they just fell like like paper tie like boom they're dead or they're gone like it just seemed extremely truncated to me i don't want to beat the beat the horse but um, the promise of the first three issues were not realized in the fourth issue, and maybe the creative team feels the same way. I don't know. Um, and it, 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 there's that. I mean, there was so much that could have been, um, you know, the animosity between the the two big bads, and and because uh, obviously they weren't seeing eye to eye as the story progressed. There were just there were there, there's there's unrealized potential here, and I don't. And yes, while the war party may be able to continue their tale. The 
the the the adversaries were were disposed of and and it's it's Quickly. uh yeah. yeah and it you know so i mean it's not to say that they can't come up with something bigger and badder for them to face but sure. uh there was just there was just potential there that i think was squandered i think to finish this story adequately they would have needed at least five or six issues to my liking i i, yeah. I just thought that the uh, the big bad went down a little too easy Yep. And uh, it's it's unfortunate because when you got uh, a wizard on art like Freddy, um, and and again the the uh, the connection to Masters of the Universe when you got Tim Seeley writing and and Freddie Williams drawing, of course you're going to get a Masters of the Universe vibe in a fantasy setting. That's that's where these two guys live, right? Um, I, I don't know. It was it was one of my go to books. For the first three issues, and I read the fourth, and I was really, uh, by the time I was finished, I was stunned. I was like, what? <laughs> That's it? Okay. Uh, you win some, you lose some. I don't know. Uh, I hope we see more of this, the war party. I thought it was great, um, for the most part. Yeah. And this is, uh, to, to again, answer that question uh, of, you know, titles we've uh, fallen off of. We talked about every issue of the Bequest. I'm pretty sure that we, we covered all the bases on this series. So this was one that did not escape our notice or our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah, right off the cliff at the end. Ah, it shit. sucks. I have something. What you got? This will not spoil anything of the, uh, the meat of this series uh, if you didn't read it. It's uh, uh, Rain Like Hammers, number four. Of course, no, here we go, yeah. done by Brandon Graham. Uh, I don't want to talk about anything of the story because you guys probably didn't finish it yet, right? I did. I did. That's what I caught up on. Oh, you did? Jason, did you yeah, finish yeah, it? Yeah, I've read it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. There's a, a, a diary comics section at the end of issue four where uh, Brandon just uh, – riffs on on topics uh various and sundry there's uh he does um a 12 panel grid and he says you know i'm working on this and and i see dots on the intersection or or where the where four squares meet the white space the negative space in between he'll see a dot and that's a thing that's uh you know it could be called uh the herman grid where these magic, uh, magical dots appear, or it's it's called the Ponzo illusion, geometrical optical illusion first de- demonstrated by Italian psychologist Mario Ponzo, and uh, I was aware of that because I see that all the time, all the time, all the time. But there's a neat little section here where he said he he's talking about a friend of his tells him about this Japanese um, game show where the the gist of the game show is to wake someone up from sleeping, really wake them out of a sound sleep and make them eat a hot dog. And that's pure Japanese, right? But he relates that to the experience of eating a hot dog, being force-fed a hot dog right out of a sound sleep to when he sees a comic, the first issue of which starts off with a wall of text. Uh, the the first panel is just a bombardment of text. The character uh, will will be you know spewing information for the reader to just 
not ease them into the world, but forcibly thrust them into this world. And and he feels like it, that kind of approach to uh, sequential storytelling is like asking a person to eat a hot dog straight out of a sound sleep. It's too much, too spicy, too 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 much sensory input for an initial salvo to uh, a work of sequential art. And then when you go back and look at what he's doing with Rain Like Hammers, it starts off very slowly. Like, he eases you in um, superbly. It's it's not... Informa- the information overload is a part of Rain Like Hammers. There are some sequences where I'm just... I have to read them two and three times because I don't know what the frig Graham is talking about. And it, it's there's a lot of techno jargon um, and, and, of course, world building. I know he doesn't like that that uh, terminology but i really don't care mm-hmm. uh, but um I, I think it's great that um an artist of a creator of his caliber will go into the minutiae in the back pages of of where his ideas come from and how he brings them to fruition and and just his opinion on a uh, on a on, on like i said all topics various and sundry he has i don't know if he still does it because i haven't received one in my inbox for a long time but he had an email list where he would go on for paragraphs about, say, Mobius or some comic he's reading or some music he likes and, and Robotech or something. And he would just he's, – he's so amazingly interesting to me, his thoughts on things, that um, I just think he's wonderful. And uh, I wish all creative people were like this where they would give you some kind of a – where they had an open door policy where all of his um, musings were made real. Uh, and this gives me, um, uh, it compels me to buy his single issues because I don't know if this stuff is in the trade because I don't wait that long for a Brandon Graham book. I buy them in singles. But uh, I got to give credit to Image too because Rain Like Hammers from front cover to back cover is a complete Brandon Graham uh project there's no ads uh there is an ad on the back page but it's a brandon graham ad so i mean as far as identity every page is infused with brandon graham's identity and i love it i think it's one of the better series that came out this year i have to read it again because i'll be totally honest uh there are a lot of things that escaped me uh (laughs) because i read it as it was coming out Right, yeah. I, I feel if you read this book first issue to last issue in relatively one sitting, it's going to be it's going to click a lot more or a lot a lot a lot. It's going to be a stronger connection to the things he was trying to do in the issues, whereas letting it steep for a month and pile on everything else we read for the month, like you forget the new, the nuances of what he's doing escaped. So I want to read them all again in in, in order, and and I'm sure there's a lot of things that I didn't pick up on, but uh, I thought it was wonderful. And we had we had reservations that after the first issue and the second issue that some of those threads we were hoping would would appear, and they do. They, they he does wrap it up, uh, or he does tie it up in a nice little bow. So, Jason, what'd yeah. you think? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, 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 um, 
I, I like I, I think I said maybe we talked about it after the second second or third issue. I I, I don't I, I don't think this is going to go down as my favorite of his of his works, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it. I was a little worried in the middle of it about uh, it being incongruous, but I definitely think that by the end it it felt very much like another extremely accomplished work of his. And so yeah, I, mean, I think I don't have a, a ton more to add than. than what you've already said, but I, yeah, I thought it was good. I, I, you know, I really did. I, but I didn't, I didn't, I liked it. I didn't love it. Which I know hurts your heart, but that's just honestly how I felt. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it's one of the more complex projects uh, he's produced. Mm-hmm. Like the assistant robot in issue four is amazing. Oh gosh! Yeah, and just the relationship between um, what's his name, Otto. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is an amazing, amazingly skillful at at many many things. <laughs> he can yeah. make a make a woman have a, an orgasm, and she's not even in the same room with him. <laughs> Wish I could do that. So say we all. Yeah, seriously. Uh, no, I, I just think it's it's. Uh, it's a completely immersive environment. Again, he's one of those guys that nobody does it, like Brandon Graham. Uh, yeah. I, I I love the wordplay. I love the way things yeah. go from one panel to the next, and everything just. I mean, it seems if you say these words out loud, they sound so nonsensical and 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 have no meaning. But within within the context of the story, within this this universe. Um, he makes it all make sense. It just, it, yeah. it, it, there's nothing, it, it's like, it's like walking through Willy Wonka's factory. There's just, everything serves a purpose. It may look or sound weird, but it's just, it's, it's like comic book physics. It's just, it, it, you just accept it on these pages. This is what it is. Nothing seems, um, out of the ordinary, everything, everything's perfectly normal in these five issues. Oh, because he believes it, right? I, I think it, the author is completely convinced that these things, uh, that this world exists, and it does. Uh, again, to go to back to the back pages where he says, sometimes he, uh, there's a lot of times he likes to forget that he's drawing on a two dimensional surface, that he he can uh, feel himself reaching into the picture plane to to draw things in the distance, and it's that's an amazing take on it. On the process, right? For sure. He's a very uh, unique uh, brain, and I, and I love him. Yeah. I yeah. did just revisit uh, his work for NBM. Oh, that's dirty. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> I'm uh, working hard trying to uh, fry some of those pages away from him. Do tell. Uh, I mean, there's not that. That is that. That's all there is to tell right now. I'm only short of it. Where does he uh, fall on the OA spectrum? High end? No, no, not at all. For for how talented he is, no. I mean, I own pages from. Uh, I own uh, three or four King City pages. I own two pages from multiple Warheads. Uh, that's so, thirty-two in spots. That's real. Dirty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, I. I 
I, I think as, as some people know, I mean, he doesn't hide it. He, he, uh, well, he's, he's actually more recently, I mean, he, he spent the last few years actually as an art director for a porn company. So I guess that's, uh, it's not like it's in his past, but, but many, many, many years ago, he wrote, uh, two, uh, erotica graphic novels for NBM, uh, perverts of the unknown and yeah. pillow fight. Well, they weren't, I mean, they weren't graphic novels. They were in sizzle. <laughs> But but then they got printed by NBM into graphic novels. Yeah, I don't want to be mean, but who the hell read Sizzle? Yeah, no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I was I was introduced to them by James Syme at Isotope, uh, in graphic novel form. So, right. But no, but uh, you know, as you know, as we know, Brandon a little bit, and uh, and he's he's repped by Cam at Inky Knuckles now, and so when I got uh, that kick-ass Domino commission from Brandon. Earlier this year, um, we exchanged uh, some messages, just checking back in. You know, he's always been very uh, appreciative of our repping for him over the years. You know, and he was a guest way back in the day, um, and that led to me to make a joke about, "Hey, man, like, you know, I got pages from all your stuff, but I, I'm all about that, <laughs> you know, that pillow fight stuff." And he's like, "Oh, I got that stuff still," and I'm like, "Oh, so." I, uh, yeah, I'm working on it. Like I'm actively engaged with trying to, but you know, artists are, you know, you're a unique bunch. You like, he's, he's willing and he's got the pages, but he's, he's got to like dig them up and, you know, we'll see. You know, if I do secure it, I'll let you know and I'll let you see him. So (laughs) (laughs) I assume those books are out of print, right? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, NBM books go out of print very quickly because the yeah. print runs not all that high to begin with. Yeah. So I love him so much. I never much. asked you, I mean, um, either of you, uh, where, because we've talked about the, like, Dune proper before, um, but where do you guys stand, if at all, with the Brian Herbert, Kevin Anderson partnership and, and their, I mean, I, I would think at this point they've, They've written much more Dune than than uh, Frank ever did. So I, 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 but I don't know that we've ever discussed to any of us with each other how if we care about that stuff or, or into it or whatever. How do I feel? <laughs> I don't want to. You have to go. On, I'm not asking you to go on the couch here. Um, well, to be totally honest, I haven't read a ton of the books Brian has written. Yeah, I consider Dad's work, uh, especially the first Dune and the second is Children of Dune, I believe. Um, I may be wrong, but the 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 first two books are are absolutely perfect. The first Dune itself is is an unchallenged masterpiece in my mind, um, to the point where I'll watch even the most lackluster sci-fi attempt at bringing Herbert's vision to the screen. Like I, I, I have, I, I think I have on DVD every attempt at doing Dune, whether it's, you know, um, Lynch or the, the sci-fi miniseries and then whatever came next. And, 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 and a good chunk of it is not, it's not great, but it's Dune, right? That's how strongly that original novel, uh, impacted me when I first read it as a kid. And I, I like to read it every so often, but life gets in the way. 
but to be fair, I haven't read a lot of what Brian has done. So is it, is it uh, a travesty to me? No, it's his son, right? So, I mean, who better to to carry the torch than than an offspring? But uh, as to the the quality or lack thereof of the work, I can't really speak to it because I haven't read a lot of it. So to answer your question, no, I don't find it offensive. Only because I'm not exposed to all of it. Sadly, I haven't read anything Dune-related. Uh, oh, including the Frank Herbert? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I okay. think... Um, yeah, I thought I had a copy somewhere, but no, I don't. Um, I should see if Bruce Apple has a copy, but... Um, they have to. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have Dune, yeah. Um, but they... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've i seen the movie, the, 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 the movie a bunch of times, Um always freaks me out but i i enjoy it and uh i've it's one of those things where i've i i haven't yeah i'd like to read it just like there's a bunch of things i'd I'd like to read but um i never stopped to consider how how the movie may differ from uh from any of the stories that were written Mm -hmm. but i like to read it yeah the book is absolutely perfect Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with both. I mean, I'm I'm with I'm sort of in Vince's camp. I mean, there was a period of time where I was super into Dune and read four or five of of the novels, but I, uh, but it was a fleeting thing, meaning that like I didn't, because I think I think uh, Brian, Brian, and then Kevin Anderson have written thirteen Dune novels together, and I don't know that I've read any of them. Uh, I, I might have read one of them back in college, but I don't remember if I did. I don't remember much about it. But I definitely read Dune, the original, uh, Messiah, Children of Dune, and God Emperor of Dune. So, I mean, those are the first four. Now, Frank Herbert also wrote Heretics of Dune and uh, Chapter House Dune. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I've read those. So those are his last two. And then Brian took over from there. Well, not from there. He took over 20 years later. But... But but after that, he and Kevin Anderson have written thirteen more novels. So I ask because I I uh, I read from Boom Dune House Atreides Volume One, mm. um, and much like the film, for a lot of people, I, I thought the book was how do I say this? I I think it's I haven't read the source material. Because it's this is an adept. This is this was a four issue miniseries that I I have the hardcover collection of it. But it's a it's a four it's a four issue collection that that is essentially a graphic novel adaptation of Brian Herbert and Kevin Anderson's first book, Dune House Atreides, which was a prequel to the yeah. original Dune. It takes place thirty five years before. So, and that book, this this book's like a twenty year old book at this point, um, and it was a hit, and that's why they wrote a bunch more. But I don't, I didn't read it, so I don't. This is my first exposure to to this prequel history, and it's a weird thing because I don't know. It's hard enough to adapt a novel into a graphic novel because inherently you're going to have to chop a lot of meat from the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a case because 
just the world of Dune and the mythology is so complex, even if you're into it. I don't know how you can boil it down to a few hundred panels. I think it's really difficult. And I felt that way about this. Um, I, and I also felt after reading it, like, man, if, if I wasn't familiar with the, with the main source material, much less having not read this particular novel, but, but if I wasn't familiar with Dune and the mythos and Arrakis and the spice, like, Already, I think I would have just found this completely impenetrable. <laughs> now, one, now, one might ask, like, well, is anybody that isn't already familiar with Dune in some way interested in reading this comic? And that's a fair pushback. I, I would imagine not many people are picking this up an issue or hardcover if, if you didn't already have some affection for Dune. So maybe that's a pointless critique on my part. But having considered myself someone who's reasonably familiar with Dune, at least the core tenets, I wasn't lost, but I also was like, man, this is like, I'm kind of barely hanging on here. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. Um, and, and I will say that, um, so this book was, it was written by uh, Herbert and Anderson. It's not like they had a comic writer help them adapt it. Um, and the best thing about the book is the, the, of the hardcover is, is the cover, which is a Jay Lee cover. Yeah, it's great. And God damn, it's gorgeous. And the thing about it is, I think this is one of those cases where, it's almost a problem to put Jay Lee on the cover of these books because you think you're getting that. I mean, I knew I wasn't getting Jay Lee inside, but like, but, but, but if a, I could see a, a average Joe walks into challengers in Chicago, you know, just out of curiosity and they, and they don't know much about comics and then they love Dune. They've read a bunch of the novels and they see this and on the shelves and they see this gorgeous Jay Lee image and they think, Holy shit, this is what I'm talking about. And they go home and they read it and they open it up and it's got art by Dev, uh, Promanic, Promanic, I don't know. Promanic, yeah. Promanic, yeah. And Dev is a is a is a is a steady hand. I mean, he's he's a talented artist. I'm I'm not going to say it's bad art by any stretch. But hmm. Dev is, I think, at least from what I see in these issues, doesn't have the the creative refinement to do justice to Herbert's visions. Totally I, I, agree. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, totally. Agree. Yeah. I, I think again, like he's a totally fine illustrator and I'm sure in a, I, I, he could, he could be doing a Marvel or DC book every month and, and it could be totally fine. I probably wouldn't think twice, but I read this and I thought, man, like I just kept thinking like, what if Mobius got to do this or, or, or Charest? Yeah. Yeah. Or, and then yeah. even if you're like, and I know that those are like asking a lot, but like, yeah, but like, what if Jay Lee did this or, or Kennedy, or even Scalera, or or Jerome Pena, you know, like I'm like Gabriel I, Hardman. Yeah, I'm like man, like like so many artists, I think could have really gone to town with this, and blown me away, and 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 Dev just didn't do that, and I thought, well, okay, I'm like, and, and it's a bummer because I was really hoping to love this because I think Boom is really counting on this Dune license. I think they're planning on doing a lot more Dune comics, but I just it just left me one thing, and then I thought, well, I'm like maybe it's just because I'm not familiar with with the source novel, but then no, nah, but that's how many people really are, you know? Right. So, uh, I have a sickness when it comes to the original Dune. Um, I must have put it this way. Whenever I see it offered, uh, at a flea market yard sale, anywhere, you buy you, it. I, if I don't have the cover, the version of the mm -hmm. cover, I'll buy it. So I must have at least eight to 10, uh, different paperback versions of Dune. Did not know that. Exactly. Yeah, I have the the original sci-fi uh, book club edition, 
mm-hmm. that has the original cover, but I don't have a first edition printing, uh, uh, book trade printed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, 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 I'm helpless. I need to buy every copy of Dune that I, I, I don't already have. There you go. It's stupid and silly, uh, but it's it's a thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Silly, silly. All right, what else? Let, let's check the, the, the hour and see where we're going here. 1142. Oh, boy. Yeah. We got to ask one of these questions. Ray asked a bunch of questions. Good old Ray. And this one cracked me up, uh, cracked a lot of people up. If each of you got hammered on your favorite alcohol... Who would win in an arm wrestling match? Now, I'll just say I would lose to both of you handily, so you two would be in the finals. I have no... I mean, I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know who I think would win between you two in an arm wrestling match. You both got some some guns. You both <laughs> yeah. definitely got some some, some meaty, meaty ham hocks. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Dap has the size advantage on me. He'd be bare... Because he, he his upper body is much larger than mine. So he has he had he has the upper ground. So just in you terms of that, like that Sicilian like rage streak in you. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. I don't know. And I, like you know, arm wrestling's like like three seconds of adrenaline. Right? Yeah, like, I don't even think I would engage in an arm wrestling contest with that because that's not my idea of of where my friendship would like. I don't. I wouldn't want to lose to him or best him. There's, no, I'm with you. There's with no you. goal. I, I, like what? What? I, I would just lay down. I just let you go. I mean, I'd yeah, tap me. yeah, I'd, I'd be good. Yeah, but it's. A, I it's mean, a, I don't think I. I mean, I don't know how many times in my life I've arm wrestled, but I, I, I've, I can tell you, I've, I've, I've won very few of those attempts. So yeah. <laughs> it's just not my thing. I do cheat. Never tried though. to master it. So yeah, I have a tendency to cheat. <laughs> over the top, over. The top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, all right. So, what I mean, else? Let's all agree that we all would lose to Nick Patara. We would all get our asses whipped. Oh, shit, yeah. Dan Pinocean would wipe our asses. Jeff Shaw. I bring it up because, you know, Patara actually is an arm wrestler. I don't oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's actually, he does the over-the-top shit. You see, Doug Mikey run, walks in. We're like, yes. okay, we're done. Yes. <laughs> we're done. Oh, man, I still oh, think about how I told him he was. He's jacked. <laughs> Jack, and he was off. Come on, ask another one. Okay, um, it's from Ray. Another, a more serious geek question. Nice. You're all transported into a story, a la Jumanji. Could be a movie, a movie, a comic, whatever. What's the story, and which character are each of you? We get to pick the story, or do we have to? Yeah. Do we have to compose yeah. the story? Like, like. No, uh, like a, like a story people would be familiar with. But oh, would, okay. Yeah. Hmm, that's a good question. I I don't want to say right off the bat because I don't know. So why don't one of you answer what I'm thinking? Okay, let's see. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I say we go we go into Jaws. Uh, Daps the sheriff. Uh, Vince is the curmudgeonly. Why do I have to be Quint? Quint, yeah. <laughs> Why well, I the was hell? Give, I was, you were going to be Vince. You weren't going to be Quint. You're going to be Vince, but you're going to be that character. Oh boy! And then I will be the Richard Dreyfuss esque uh, voice of reason. <laughs> As yeah. you want. To Total be. fantasy, by the way. <laughs> well, this is a fantasy question, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, and we're going for we're trying to hunt a killer orca, not not a. 
not a, <laughs> a great way. Not to go on a tangent, but I'll give you guys a little chance. I'll vamp while you guys uh, have a chance to think of this. Uh, Shark Week's going on. I guess it's like Shark Month these days. Oh, no kidding. But I, I caught uh, an episode late the other night and don't know what it was called, so people ask. Um, but dude fucking got out. He was in a cage, you know, like there always are. Giant Great Whites dude gets out of the cage to be closer to the Great White. Oh, my God. And the whole crew that he's, like, filming this documentary with are going apeshit over it. Like, they're, like, freaking out, like, break, like being like, what's he doing? Guy, get back in the cage. You can't, like, and I'm like, holy shit, like, this guy's out of his mind. Because there's this, um... There's this thing, like, which, again, uh, you learn something new every day. Uh, there is this um, way that sharks can be uh, basically hypnotized. It, it's a, it's a, basically called tonic immobility. So their, their snouts have this incredible sense of uh, – or, or cluster of nerves. And if they're massaged on that cluster of nerves – it basically makes them immobile and then they can be spun like almost like dead weight in the water upside down. And then they basically become frozen like zombies. They get essentially hypnotized. And so apparently this is a known thing. And I guess part of it is they used to study how orcas could, could kill sharks and they're able to get them to go into tonic immobility and then can feast on them. So this dude who's a, a shark expert or a biologist He's gone around the world testing this on different shark species. And at the beginning of the documentary, you see him doing it with, with, uh, with like big tiger sharks, which is dangerous in its own right. And he's putting him in fucking this, this trance. It's the craziest thing ever. These like eight foot sharks are like just floating like, like motionless with this dude after he touches their snouts. So anyway, then he's like, all right, I'm going to go see if uh, we could do this with a great white. And they're like, what? <laughs> and they go fucking to Australia and they find these great whites and like they're attacking the cage. And he's like, no, nah, this one's too aggressive. We got to wait. We gotta wait. Then he finally finds one and he's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get it. And he's trying to get them close to the cage so he can do it. And he can't quite do it. And then he's like, oh, I'm just going to get out of the cage. And he gets to the cage and he goes after the, the great white to try and do it. And suddenly the great white that he's trying to put into tonic state, like swims away and he's like, Oh, I spooked her. And then the, the, his crew's like, dude, you didn't spook her. And there's a fuck like this. This was already like a, like a 12, 14 foot great white. She gets spooked because this gigantic fucking like jaws level. Great white is rolling up behind them and like claiming the territory. And so they're like, he's out of the cage and it's literally like a movie, dude. He's swimming for his fucking metal cage and he gets into the cage as the fucking giant great white slams up against it trying to eat him and it's like the whole crew is losing their minds and trying to pull him up and he comes out of the water as if he just got the best blowjob of his life he's all smiles being like that was something huh and they're like are you out of your fucking mind and he's just like that was great and they're i'm like See, I'm like these people are these these people are touched. My dude's like, an adrenaline junkie. These dudes are yeah. touched. Yeah, yeah, they they got a death wish. Like like he was thrilled that he was almost eaten by a giant great white. Yeah, not for me, not for me. Nope. I I I am fascinated by the ocean, but I am also terrified by it. So 
I don't even, I mean, we've been on cruises. The fact that I'm feet away from the inky blackness of, of yeah, uh, that's no, the thing. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love swimming. I love the water. I, I, I love the, the scenery. And when they show the documentaries of all the bioluminescence, everything going yeah. on down here, but the, but the further down you go the darker yeah. it gets the more pressure you're under fuck that i don't want to know what's living no all the way can down you there. imagine like i don't even go i don't even swim in the ocean i'll stay oh uh, uh, see i mean i love scuba diving so i'm fuck not like i'm that. not averse to no. all this but mm-mm, mm-mm. No, i'll go up to my knees and i would definitely go into a shark cage oh jeez with, with a diver i would definitely do that see that doesn't fit the the big brain description uh, that that <laughs> suits no, because you that for is me. safe. That is that's oh, the thing. Okay. It is safe. Okay. It's it's just like skydiving. It's 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 perfectly safe as as long as you actually do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Pass. Um. Uh, you got your movie. I got my movie. I need Tom Fowler to draw a commission of the three of us like draws. <laughs> this is okay. This is a, a deep cut. I would love to be Frankenstein in Death Race two thousand. Roger Corman's oh death race. Yeah, just can you imagine the the just being able to run people over? <laughs> that's, that's basically what he does. He oh, runs people over in a in a contest and racking up points. I think it would be a total fantasy, but just to just engage in wall to wall carnage like David Carradine <laughs> or Jason Statham. Maybe. No, David Carradine. Yeah, the um. Well, now mine's going to be all anticlimactic. You didn't say who we would be, though. You didn't. Uh, I don't know. Um, let's just pick. Uh, David would be Stallone. <laughs> the you know I forget what his character is in the movie, and and Jason would be the guy uh, furious behind the scenes at all the the carnage going on. It's an affront. Okay. It's an affront to humanity. All right. I don't know. Roger Corman, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a minute since she said his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm going with Stand by Me. Oh my god! Jeez, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, not getting a leech on me. Going with the deep cut. This is a great question, right? <laughs> uh, Jason is Teddy the Champ, who was played by uh, Corey Feldman. Vince <laughs> is Vern Tessio, who's played by Jerry O'Connell. Oh, look at that. And uh, none of us are fucking Chris Chambers. There's no way any of us could be River Phoenix. So I'm uh, I'm Gordy, who was uh, Will Wheaton. Wow. Okay, yeah. Great movie, man. Yeah, it is a good movie. And I tried to get my boys to watch it, and they were like having none of it. Oh, fuck. They'll, 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 it hurt my heart, yeah. It'll, it'll hit them. I'm really glad nobody mentioned Goonies. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. You're anti Goonies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't understand that, but okay. Yeah, I don't. I I don't. I don't hate. I mean, I saw it in the theaters, and I and 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 I enjoyed hey, it. And I, I know, I know, you know, people love it, and that's great. But um, I'm I'm not I, I'm not one of the ride or dyers. Yeah, I think love is is not a strong enough emotion for the way some people feel about Goonies. They worship. Uh, you're right. They you're worship right. that movie, and I just don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. I never get mad at people worshiping something, though. Maybe I don't. Like I, I don't either. I just, but if if the maybe it's it, of course it's a subjective thing. Um, yeah. For some people, they were 
that was their movie. That was they were the right age when that sucker hit, and it just opened up all avenues of imagination. I get it, but well, that was eighty-five, right? I believe so. Yeah. So I think it also plays into how old you were. I mean, you were you were twenty. Yeah, I mean, so like clearly out of your, you were not the demographic for that, right? I was. 10 i was very much the demographic for that so. <laughs> i'm so surprised you didn't say uh popeye Vince. Since oh. we were talking about robin williams oh yeah. now this is interesting okay first of all i'll ask you guys this do you think the do you, do you believe goonies was one of the top 10 grossing films of that year of that year 85 mm, i don't think so 85 what else came out um no i don't think it was both wrong it was it was it was number eight but the number one film of 85 back to the future Hmm. number two rambo how far away was back to the future compared to rambo how 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 distant is that number two back to the future crushed everything back to the future and this is not inflation adjusted so these are right this is real numbers back to the future did 193 million dollars and goonies is number eight at 61 million there were only four films that did over $100 million that year, because that was a huge deal back then. Back to the Future, Rambo, Beverly Hills Cop, mm. which until... Which is like, crazy for a rated R movie. Well, no, I was going to say, until like a few years ago, when we started getting that just deluge of R-rated comedies that did well, Beverly Hills Cop, for like 20 years, held the record for highest grossing R-rated film, to your point. It was very unusual. Uh, Rocky Four. So, still, dude, this was a year for Stallone, huh? Yeah. He had the second and the fourth biggest movies. Um, Cocoon. Wow. God. Yeah, deep cut. Uh, this one, I don't know. The Dream is Alive. I don't know what that is. Um, Witness. Oh, my Harris, God. Harris Ford. Wow. Yeah, talk about the uh, Goonies 8, Police Academy 2. Jesus Christ. And then the number 10 film. Talk about what a different world we lived in. The number 10 film that year was the re-release of Fantasia. Wow. View to a Kill, that was number 11, Bond. Okay. Uh, European Vacation, classic. Fletch, so again, big... So there you go, Chevy Chase was the biggest comedy star of the gen- of that era, and uh, well, along with Eddie Murphy. And, uh, and Stallone was definitely the king of the action guys. Then came Breakfast Club, Spies Like Us, Jewel of the Nile... Mask, Pale Rider, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and Brewster's Millions. Wow. I love one movie on this list. I tolerate one movie, and the rest of them you can keep. Wow, really? <laughs> oh, I, see, I guess it's just your age. I, I mean, I, I got love for almost all those films. Yeah. Pee-wee, yeah. Pee-wee's my go-to on that list. That's funny. That's my least favorite of these films. <laughs> Without question. I detest that movie with an absolute fiery passion. Oh, geez. You have to go there. That's it. Right? But but I will fuck with Brewster's Millions Perfect. all day, every day. Okay. None of the above, Vince. <laughs> all right. Hey, everybody. We thank you for enduring this with us. If you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. There's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, y'all. From Dark Horse, May's book, number one, Jeff Lemire, will cost you a paltry $2.99. That's half off. From Behemoth. Nobody's Child, number one of six, one, oh, sorry, $2.19. That's 45% off. 
and from Dynamite. It's the Vampiverse. Uh, I don't know how long this is going to run, but I'm sure it will be good. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price one dollar and ninety nine cents. DCBService.com. Uh, I'm going to check my list. I don't know if there's anything that I haven't spoken on. Let's see. From last time. Uh, yeah, I wrapped it all up. Uh, covered, huh? Yeah, well, here's, here's an, in your travels, please, if you haven't already secured a, co- a copy of this, go out and get one because at least two out of the three of us are going to talk about it soon. It's the wonderful anthology Cry Punch Comics. I know Dap has a copy. Jason, did you? Right. I did. I got it. I went to today. Awesome. So let's do that. Let's talk about that soon. Cry Punch Comics, okay. amazing fight anthology, manga styled, oversized, like a phone book. It's it's so thick and it big. It's massive. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's got presence. Uh, read great. that, and then we'll talk about it. Read that. Read like, that shit. In your travels, um, I read the first issue um, and just just decided to give it a shot on a whim and i really really dug it so much so that uh i'm going to read the rest of this eight issue limited series as the issues come out i am um i'm talking about crushing lobo by uh, oh shit yeah mariko tamaki um, so that's surprising it sure as fuck is and uh art by uh m and k and Neville uh, Pullen, yeah, another cadence, like, another cadence artist, yeah. Uh, and uh, Tamara Bambalene as uh, on 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 colors, and the art is fantastic. I I I, I love the art. Um, I wish I I wish this was my introduction to Crush, um, because I really really like her in in this first issue. Um, and all the crap she's dealing with, and she's kind of self-destructive, and 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 she's not exactly a social butterfly, but um, she is also Lobo's daughter, so she's already behind the eight ball. But um, very little Lobo in the first issue because he's he's in prison, and um, and he sends a message to his daughter where uh, part of um, he he requests her um her to visit um he uh apparently prison's been really good for him uh and while he hasn't been a really good father or 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 father at all really um but he would like to talk to her uh he's got a therapist um and and there's a program for kids with parents and and uh so you know so so she's She's going to go visit dad, but um, the first issue, she's also dealing with um, her her girlfriend, Katie, who um, was very sweet and apparently puts up with a lot of Crush's crap. But uh, it's Katie's birthday. Uh, Crush kind of makes a mess of things. And uh, I really am digging um, the story told from Crush's perspective. She's narrating it and... Uh, and I'm, I am really happily surprised at uh, 
that I'm that I'm digging it as 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 much as I. And again, the art's fantastic. I love love this version of Lobo. Um, I uh, yeah, I I I, I got to see where this is going. I, I got to see uh, how this father and daughter relationship continues, um, and uh, and what else Crush can kind of step into and 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 make a mess of. But uh, yeah, I'm um, it's it. I'm happy to say that uh, that I thought the first issue was really, really solid, and uh, and the second issue was shaping up to be um, in the similar vein. Yeah, in, in your travels, uh, check out Crush and Lobo. Right on. I, that, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it looks kind of cool, but I always wait to hear from you on Lobo stuff, and I figured you would <laughs> not be a fan of that one just because you were always making fun of... Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's I, like in in Titans and and what I'm not I I don't I don't know what it is, um, mm-hmm. but it's just it it ain't it ain't clicking. I don't know if it's just, but it's also I I think because I'm not real keen on that team that the members of that version of Titans during the uh, in those Deathstroke crossovers. Um, it's it's it, there there's. She's already at a disadvantage because she's surrounded by characters I'm not really thrilled to read about. So um, to kind of put her in her own spotlight here and, and let her do her thing. And, of course, you're going to throw Lobo into it. Um, and, yeah, she she may be derivative. I don't know her origin fully. It, it should, a couple things get touched on in the first issue. But um, I'm sure there's more to be... Uh, to read on as far as that's concerned so you know i'll I'll see where i go from there but yeah no i I, it it's it starts off strong i really really like it i think you dig it nice nice i will i will add that to the list of things to acquire um now before i jump into my inner travels i gotta ask you guys because uh when i was in florida and i missed those two eps back to back did you guys talk about because this was the book of the moment back then that's why i'm gonna ask did you guys talk about the nice house on the lake number one no have either of you read The Nice House on the Lake? No. Vince? Sir. God damn, you guys now have to re-fucking read this thing. All right, in your travels, uh, y'all need to check out The Nice House on the Lake, uh, having just read issues one and two, uh, written by James. Uh, have we decided if it's Tynan or Tinian? Have we? Do we have an official ruling on that? His studio is is Tiny Onion, so I think it's kind of okay, just so, a, so, a mangle of that. So Tynan, all right, I'm going to go with uh, James Tynan and uh, and art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Uh, the first issue was like super buzzy; everybody was talking about it, and I was trying to avoid spoilers. And then uh, I did manage to do that, and so I, like I said, I read one and two this week. God damn, did these motherfuckers put out a comic? I'm telling you what, I was absolutely fucking floored by what I what we got so far. The 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 premise and and I'm going to be real vague because this is a a book that's so intricate intricately laid out at, and it's got an incredibly cool payoff in the end of the first issue that sets up the series from there. But the premise is basically that you have a dude named Walter. He's in New York. He has um, he has made a lot of friends over the years. He's a networker. He has invited some of those friends to a absolutely breathtakingly beautiful giant modern mansion 
that's right on a lakefront property. And he's invited them to spend a week with him there. Uh, and he's meticulously planned it where I guess over the course of the months leading up to this, he has spoken to them individually and, and like low key figured out a week when they made sure that they'd all be available this week. So no one could say no. And they all show up. But like when they show up, some of them know each other because they're people from his college days, from from high school, from uh, from New York when he lived in New York working. Um, so they don't all know each other. Some of them do. But they each are given monikers like instead of just their names, there's the writer and the pianist and you know so forth and so on. The lawyer, the the consultant. And he's a mysterious dude and quirky, but they all love him. And they show up to the house for this, and it's this just jaw-dropping modern palace. It's just, it's a, God, I would love to live there myself. It's a spectacle of a house, but um, but it is not what you think. <laughs> when when they realize why they're there, and and like the reason that he that he invited them when he invited them, it is jaw on the floor. Like holy shit, what did we just get into? And issue number two, um, we start to unravel that. We start to see it in action. And uh, I know I'm being vague, but I have to be because I just don't. The hook is the surprise. The surprise is the hook. And I, I just don't, I, I don't want to. There's no point reading it if someone tells you what happened. So, so definitely check this out. I mean, this this book, we're only two issues in. But man, oh, man, this this could be one for the ages. And I'm not familiar with Alvaro Martinez Bueno before this, but fantastic art as well. Um, definitely, like, just the right amount of, of detail, but but not, like, overly, but not photorealistic. And um, there's a ton of symbology, and I haven't even gotten into it, but apparently there have already been several massive, like, multi-thousand word analysis of the references and symbology that are in these these issues i i haven't even gotten that far yet but uh but this there's a lot to unpack i mean vince is someone who's into the supernatural and the occult and uh ufos and like different like just different fringe sciencey concepts and symbology my dude you gotta you gotta you gotta read these issues and tell me what you think yeah i like the art a lot um I reserved this for the uh, collected edition because when it was it was uh, ori- originally solicited, I was like, "Whew, yeah, this looks right up my alley." But I I, I passed on the singles, so yeah, it's DC, which yeah, is yeah, maybe thing. my mistake, maybe. Um, and it's it's DC, but it's not Hill House. Right. And then it looked like we were not going to have any more Hill House, but then we are now. I don't know if you saw Vince; uh, they're making a sequel to Basket Full of Heads. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Can't wait. Nice so stuff. yeah, so the the nice house on the lake, it it sounds like a like a aftershock title book, but it's it's <laughs> it's not. Thank, thankfully, damn, it's not nice. <laughs> if you really wanted to shit on them, you could have said scout, and then you know, <laughs> I could have yeah, and be like that other person that said that, which is <laughs> no, he said that about vault. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And David, David puts out good books anyway. Oh yeah, I like Scout Comics, but yeah, no, I don't think it was, it was very nice of him to say that. No. Whatever. 
Oh, I do have – it's not a thank you, but – well, it kind of is a thank you, but I just want to say if you haven't secured a copy of Atomic Hercules, Weapon of oh, Mass yes. Destruction, yeah, you should get one. Um, oh. Tony Esmond, Adam Falp, they're doing a black and white magazine pastiche this time around, and it's just ridiculous. Uh, got it today, actually. So uh, go do that. Atomic Hercules, Weapon of Mass Destruction. Do I have a URL on here? Uh, tribute Press Comics. Okay. The URL? I don't know. That's the Gmail address. Just Google Atomic Hercules, Weapon mm -hmm. of Mass Destruction. Yeah. Whatever comes up, just buy it because it's great. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also uh, Vince uh, Matthew Downs reached out to me on the Messenger today. I guess apparently you had uh, maybe forgotten. You, he said you you had mentioned that you were going to send him the uh, the uh, clip of me thanking him for the gift. That oh yeah 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 yeah. So yeah. He, he reached out proactively say hey I never I'm not a patron so I didn't. Uh, but I hear you you like the gift and I was like oh dude I'm like sorry about that I mean I, I I didn't know he wasn't a patron but I I told him that yes in fact I very yeah. much loved it and, and uh, oh yeah and I said that that uh, you know the I'm always amazed particularly when 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 someone thoughtful and sends me something like like something like a whale oriented thing where it's like not even comics it's just they know that I'm into it which is really thoughtful so right there you go yeah I'll get that out to him I just have to trim that section from the oh. Okay, yeah, and um, I'm going to need you to also do some uh, magic with that uh, bonus content, too, because Drew sent me a message asking. Um, he wasn't sure where you talked about uh, the books he sent, and I got to write back to him and tell him that it was in the bonus content for, for June or for May, um, but obviously he's not going to hear it. So. Right, right. All righty, so there you go. All right, everybody, if you want more of this stuff, you know where to go. Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. If you want to get a peek at what goes on uh, for the patrons, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Tons of fun. In the meantime, do your homework, read some comics, kiss your kids, slap your wife's took us, <laughs> and uh, kiss someone's it. kids. It's, it's good. <laughs> Say goodnight. Whoa. Yeah, you like that? Seto there. That's cute. Nobody does. Well, I shouldn't say that, so I won't. I was going to say nobody does falsetto better than Mick Jagger, but Prince did a damn good falsetto. So, yeah. Means Richard had it in the bag. Oh, yeah, that's true. David. Oh. Good. I don't to try. Me, 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 me. Cheater. C-H-E-A-T-E-R. Cheater. David. Right, see? Perfectly timed. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. Go to row. That's it for that one. <laughs>